Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, February 15th. That means it's time for Destination Health. I've got Lauren joining me this morning, and we also have a very special guest returning to join us. So we're just going to jump right into it tomorrow. I had a ton of things I want to talk about, but we'll get to them throughout the show here. If you want to jump in and join us, you can do that as well. We'll open up the phone lines right now so we can take some calls. 855-950-3835. Lauren, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. Great to have you back this week. What's on your mind? Oh, just, you know, the typical seasonal allergy thing going on over here. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're in Florida. You probably got pollen everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. And we had a little bit of rain last week, and then it quickly evaporated, and you could just see the bright yellow pollen all over the place, <laughs> right where it was sitting right on top of the water. It's insane i cannot begin to tell you how i how intense the allergy season is this year <laughs> i i remember well are you stocked up on histoplex you know i actually need some histoplex <laughs> yeah you should get some. i just purchased a i really should and i just purchased a um uh air filtration unit for the house okay. so i'm excited to get that in tomorrow so hopefully that will help. And, you know, I, I didn't have allergies my entire life. It's relatively new to me. So um, I'm just learning a lot about it. Like, don't open your windows if it yeah. seems like a nice day outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I guess it can be annoying. And, you know, there are certainly things we can do to alleviate it, not make it so bad. We should probably just be... Um, Pretty grateful that we're not worried about breathing vinyl chloride like some people in our country right now. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? I can't. And can you believe that it's not on the news? That's that's what's making me insane. Lisa and I, um, we had two, we just sold two properties 10 miles away from there. Last This time last year when Lisa was on the road, she was in Ohio selling our condo. We sold our house a couple of years before that. It's 10 miles away from where this oh. happened. Wow. So this hit home for you. Yeah. You that, that, that area, East Palestine, when I drove, that was my area. I, I was in and out of there all the time. I had that whole um, corner over there on the Ohio-Pennsylvania line. I was in and out of that place every day. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's such a heartbreak. Hey, and you we know, don't uh, need so hard to find information on. Let's do this. I'm, I'm going to bring Nora in because we're probably just going to be talking about all kinds of stuff like this. So we might as well just bring her in and start talking over each other. Nora, welcome back. <laughs> well, good morning, Kevin. It's been a little while. Thanks for having me back. It has. Hi, <laughs> Nora. I'm sitting here listening to all this going, oh, my God, you know. <laughs> yeah. Paul and I, I'm up in the mountains. Um kind of in the middle of nowhere and uh, there's a lot of snow on the ground so no pollen here but um yeah. uh no no you know uh no vinyl or you know yeah. chloride in the air either so just mm. absolutely insane i mean there's so many things to talk about these days 
Uh, we haven't had you back for quite some time. The world's changed a little bit since then, hasn't it? <clears throat> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, you know, I mean, I, well, I don't want to take time away from, from Lauren. Lauren, are you going to be here the whole hour? Yes, I will be here. <laughs> don't okay, worry about cool. Well, th- all right, cool. Well, then I can rant a little bit. Yes, you can. Please. <laughs> um, so, you know, before we get too far here, because I think that this preceded um, our uh, last, uh, or that our, our last thing preceded certain events, you know, uh, but I just want to say something to your audience, to all the amazing truckers out there. I mean, I've always, believe it or not, it's really true. I've always had a special appreciation for truckers. I've always seeing you men and women as hardworking and honest and salt of the earth people who essentially keep our society going, you know, with what you do every day, right? Um, everything we rely on in our daily lives, from food to petroleum to any number of other goods, is there because a trucker has transported and delivered it. And, I mean, absolutely everything. And not everyone seems to realize or appreciate that as much as they should. You make things run. And without you, the whole of civilization comes to a screeching halt, right? Yeah. But we'll see if their future planned AI-controlled computer-driven trucking fleets are ever able to accomplish a fraction of what you guys do each and every day. But let's just say that my appreciation for all of you has reached this whole new level. I mean, well, almost a reverence ever since the Canadian trucker freedom movement in Canada. Well, and again, here you. in the U.S. Thank, thank you yeah. for that. I um, have never been. Yeah, uh, no, thank you. I mean, I've never been more moved by anything in my life. Hey, I still get choked up when I think about it. Hey, Nora, I, I'm not sure, yeah. you know, we, you yeah. and I haven't talked in a while. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if you know the story. It's interesting you brought up the Canadian trucker strike. That, that was how I got canceled. That's why we're not on Sirius XM anymore. We're, we're on our own network. Oh, now. no shit. Yeah. Well, good on you, man. Well, well here's... <laughs> Seriously. Here, you know, here's the crazy story. And, you know, I had 15 good years at Sirius XM. I started with zero experience. They gave me a show on the weekends. They liked it, so they gave me a show every night. And um, just a couple of years ago, they moved me into the primetime slot. You know, something I'd been trying for years wow. to get. So, you know, it was a good 15 years. But... You know how the whole cancel culture thing started just a couple of years ago, and I'm pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. And with COVID and the vax and everything else, I became a whole lot more controversial. Um, we had to move all of our groups Good off on Facebook. You. We we created our own social network so we couldn't be you know silenced and deleted and censored. So we did that a couple of years ago, and the the Canadian truckers thing was happening, and I was watching it really closely. And and you know I've been a pretty big critic of those kinds of things in the United States. They, they've they been kind of sort of happening here and there for years. And I've been a big critic of them. They're never organized. They don't have a really clear yeah. you know, point on what they're trying to accomplish. And I've been heavily critical of using trucks and blocking roads to protest like that. And I, I, I mm-hmm. made it a point to say, if you're going to do this, it couldn't have been done any better than the way they did it. They were respectful. Oh. They, it, it was it was well organized, and the way the Canadian government responded just infuriated me. And we were talking about it every day, 
And I had people who were right down in there reporting to me saying, here's what's happening. They started confiscating trucks. They started seizing bank yeah. accounts. And those were people we knew. They, they, it yeah. was absolutely happening. And I was on the right. air absolutely talking about it, it one day. And I, I was, you, you go back and listen to the show. I was emotional. You know, I was talking about it. And that's yeah. when they were just starting to talk about organizing one here in the United States. They were gathering in California. They were going to drive across the country. I started saying, I think I'm going to get in my coach and go with them. And I'll just broadcast every day from the road and we'll follow this thing. And that day, as I'm talking about it, I'm watching my news feed and I see this article about an Arizona congressman talking about a potential trucker strike in the U.S. So I open it up. I'm on the air. I'm talking at the time. I open it up and I see this quote from an Arizona congressman who is also an ex-Marine. And he said, let those truckers come to D.C., will confiscate their truck and give it to a company that wants to work. And I lost it. On the air, I said, an ex-Marine? I said, he should be shot for treason. Uh, Um, I was canceled before I got off the air that day. You know, that Canadian trucker movement was the single most massive, beautiful, and utterly powerful expression of human, human solidarity and freedom Possibly yeah. ever. Yeah. You know, and you all maintained the dignity, peacefulness, and restraint of a Martin Luther King or a Gandhi, except with honking horns and bouncy castles, you know. Yeah, right. You played them playfully at times. But you inspired your nations and you showed the assholes who like to think they're in charge what humanity's really made of. And seriously, I want you guys, you all to know and obviously you included, that you are all heroes and that you did make a difference, even if you were canceled. Look at all the other countries around the world that were inspired by what you did and what you sacrificed for the sake of your country, your families, and the future of human freedom and dignity everywhere. You absolutely did not fail simply because a fascist little tyrant, a tiny little sociopathic coward with fancy socks, managed to get his Uncle Klaus to send him a gaggle of cold, soulless little men hiding behind <laughs> black uniforms with tear gas, big sticks, body armor, and helmets yeah. to commit brutality against peaceful, unarmed protesters on his adolescent behalf, right? You showed the entire world what you were made of, and you did exactly the right thing every step of the way. And as a former Canadian and as a proud American myself, I am deeply proud of all of you. No one could have represented the spirit, heart, and soul of humanity more profoundly. It's on behalf of us all, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one to say this on the air. You're probably tired of hearing it, but I thank you with all my heart. Yeah, I'm sure they don't get tired of hearing it. And, and you know, here's something else a lot of people did not know. So after I got canceled, um, we got canceled on a Thursday I took Friday off to think about things and we had our network up and running on Saturday and I did two weekend shows just to say we're back. And then I did jump in the coach and I headed down to, I didn't meet him in California. I kind of cut him off across the country. I met up with him in Missouri and then I rode with him for a couple of days. It got zero coverage. They were, actually it didn't get zero, zero coverage. It, they lied about it. There was coverage saying the whole thing had fallen apart. Nothing really came of it. 
When I oh. met up with them, I was absolutely shocked. Thousands of vehicles yeah. covering miles and miles and miles. And when I rode with them, it was eight hours at about 35 miles an hour the whole time. There was not a single overpass the entire day that wasn't crammed full of people yeah. and vehicles. They were lining the road and yet not a single piece of news coverage. Yep. Yep. I, yep. I, you know, and of course I, I haven't watched mainstream news since like, you know, 2001 or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time, <laughs> you know, uh, since I bothered to do that. Um, but, um, yeah, I keep, you know, I keep track of things on more kind of independent and uncensored. Yeah. Um, what I think of as high quality, uh, you know, journalistically oriented, you know, uh, news feeds and, and also, uh, you know, I think, I think the only social media that I ever look at is telegram, uh, once in a while. Um, okay. I, uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't do Facebook anymore. Yeah, we're, we're, those things really, we have a small presence on Facebook. I I wasn't canceled, but I, but I, it was coming. It would, I would have been. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what happened to us. We still have a small presence there just so people know where we are, but we mostly direct them to our Mm -hmm. site that we control now. So, you know, we allow free speech, say whatever you want. You know, if you're making death threats with people, we're, we're probably going to get rid of you eventually, but you know, we're, we're pretty tolerant right, right. on free speech really is free speech. And if you don't like it, it's still free speech. So, you know, we're adults and we can yes. all live with that. And that's how we should be sharing ideas. You know, I, I need to go back a second. Yeah. I, I did not give you a very good introduction. It felt like we were bringing an old friend back in and everybody should oh. know you. And um, well, I, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of want to go back. We just jumped right into things. You'd was, never know I was actually a nutritionist, right? It, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sorry. only that, I, the one thing I want to let people know, we've been doing this about eight or nine years, the whole, you know, kind of paleo, keto, that whole thing, um, which now seems like we're, you know, kind of veterans of this. There's still a lot of people finding it. You were really one of the early pioneers into the paleo movement. I, I know uh, certainly earlier than 2010. When when did you really get started on this? Uh, 2000. Well, my my book, my first book was published uh, in uh, 2009, and then published again in in uh, with a new publisher, in, which turned out much better uh, in 2011. And uh, at that time. You know, I wrote the book I did, which was Primal Body, Primal Mind, you know, mainly because nobody else would, you know, it was like eight books in one. If I was writing it as, as a marketing ploy for something, it would have been much shorter yeah, right. um, with way fewer, with way fewer references and, you know, and all of that. Um, but I was really passionate to try to connect dots that nobody else out there had, had connected. And, you know, I had a private practice working with the brain and doing functional uh, medicine, like functional nutrition consultations with, you know, with, with clients that, that came uh, through for about 20 years. I was, I was, I had this private practice and, um, 
you know, after all of those years and, and being extremely successful at what I did, I became really good at recognizing what was going on with people when they came in and they'd be sitting in front of me going through a box of Kleenex <laughs> in front of me on my desk and I'd have my, you know, you know, head, you know, my chin resting on the palm of my hand going, man, I know about a million other people just like you and I know exactly what to tell them. So it was sort of eventually became impractical uh, to try to save everybody one person at a time. And I, 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 I knew enough to, to be able to, you know, I had thought about things from an ancestral perspective for a really long time, but you know, I, I took a modified approach to that, which I can get into if somebody wants to hear about that. But, but, uh, um, I, I wrote this thing and I wrote it knowing that I had a, I had a following among some nutritionists around and functional medicine docs and things like that. And, um, I just figured eh, you know, source of passive income or something I didn't expect. I mean, I wasn't interested in marketing. I certainly was not interested in marketing myself <laughs> right. in the process and Holy crap. <laughs> it just, it took off. It just, it sort of took off. And suddenly I found myself on the crest of this wave, um, with this, of this movement. I didn't even know was, was, you know, rising up, right. um, all around me. And so it turned into this thing. And I was one of the founding members of the ancestral health society. I was invited to speak at UCLA I ended up getting invited to speak at multiple universities in Australia before. I mean, nowadays they would ban me from right. uttering a word, but back then I was under the radar. So hey. I got, I was even on their today show over there, you know? Um, and with the help of, uh, uh, of a celebrity in Australia and some of the well-known doctors there, we actually ended up creating a really powerful movement that took off way bigger than it did here. And right. it caused, much consternation and gnashing of teeth among the authorities who, you know, who were very concerned that people were suddenly not eating grains anymore. And, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're Australia is like a big, small town, you yeah, know, it right. really is the whole country. It's like all these interconnected communities where everybody talks and everybody shares. And if anything works for anybody, it takes off like wildfire and touches on in a way that just, kind of overwhelms whatever the media tries to head off. And there was a massive movement there, tons of restaurants, tons of stores, tons of whatever. And, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was a little so, overwhelming. And I remember even going into some of my biggest followers were in the small rural communities in the middle of nowhere that were just, in fact, I remember there was a, a, a little town in Australia called Dubbo of all things, but Dubbo, Australia, and they asked me if I would come and do an, an all-day event there. I'm like, all day? Wow. You know, well, <laughs> yeah. I kind of pictured like maybe maybe 50 families, you know, in a little community center someplace in, right. in this little farming town. I get there, and it was a huge auditorium, and there were over 1,000 people in it. Wow. And I, they, they sat there spellbound like all day long and really into it. And then, uh, yeah, it just, so, you know, and I, I've been over there many, many times, but I doubt I'll ever go back now. I, well, of course I have to ask, I mean, reasons. knowing, you know, how you feel about a lot of these things and knowing that you have that much experience there. Um, I was absolutely shocked 
at Australia and New Zealand both at their response. What What do you think? Was that just? It seems it so insane not a surprise to, me. to me at all. It, it it was insane. It is insane, and it was not at all a surprise to me. I, um, I saw uh, I saw huge a uh, uh, huge. Um, what do you call it? Uh, just this huge vibe of totalitarianism and fascism in yeah. Australia when I was there. Um, I mean, it was, it would literally, I was afraid by the, by the last couple of times I went, I was afraid to be there. Wow. Um, there, there, they, uh, they did everything they could to brutally silence people who spoke out in any contrast at all to mainstream accepted narratives about diet and health, etc. You know, there was a physician named Gary Fetke over there who has a fantastic, uh, I think you can still find it on YouTube, F-E-T-T-K-E, uh, Gary Fetke, was just a, you know, physician. And he, uh, he had a patient who came to him who was diabetic, and based upon the science, you know, all the peer-reviewed evidence, he said, look, you might want to cut back on the amount of sugar you're eating. You know, eat less of that. Yeah, right. You know, eat, you know, cleaner, cleaner food. You know, just basic to me, just you know, very, you know, very elementary advice, actually. And it, the word, the patient didn't have a problem with that, but the word of what he had advised got out to his colleagues, right? they reported him to the board and he got dragged through the mud for years. He almost lost his license. And in the end, they said, you are no longer ever permitted to discuss diet ever again to any of your patients. Wow. I mean, they almost destroyed him. When I was, last time uh, I spoke in Sydney, I had an audience of over a thousand people and there was, there was a few of us actually uh, that were on the stage. And uh, the organizer came and said, guys, we just got a call from the authorities. I don't know who they were, but they said, you know, it was an all day event. And we were there to talk about nutrition, really, and health. We weren't there to talk about medical interventions and stuff. Right. But they said, they told us that if you so much as utter the word vaccine, we are going to shut you down. We are going to end you. Unbelievable. Um, we will. We will stop the tour. Uh, we might. You know, there was even threats of arrest. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. So, so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there on the stage. You know, at the end of the day, and we had a Q and A. And some guy at the back of the room stood up. And of course, we had no way of knowing who he was. But he said, "Hey, you know, I just wonder if you guys have an opinion about oh, the boy. whole issue around vaccination." Now, this was. Long before COVID, right. right? This was well before all of that. Right. And everybody turned 17 different shades of pale on the stage. I'll bet. Everyone yeah. was afraid to open their mouths. And I was pissed yeah. about the whole thing. I knew that I that we couldn't know who was asking. Maybe it was a setup. Exactly. I yeah. said, okay. You know, we're all sitting here very quiet. I said, you need to know that we have been silenced. You know, we have been uh, warned by the authorities to stay away from this subject. We've been threatened by the authorities. Yeah. I said that, uh, you know, we're not really here to talk about medical interventions anyway, because that's not what this is all about. But certainly if you're interested in this, you know, I said it's a, it's a topic worthy of debate. And if you're interested, here are a couple of websites you can go check out <laughs> to get more information. Right. And I left it at that. It, and there was one more attempt by somebody in the audience to broach the subject. And, and I just said, look, we've been threatened. We can't, we can't talk about that. 
But I wanted the audience to know it wasn't that we didn't have an opinion on the matter, although it was kind of obvious what that opinion would have been. I wanted them to know that we were threatened by the authorities. Yeah. And that told them everything they needed to know. You know, a couple of years ago, uh, and again, prior to the world falling apart, we had uh, Tim Noakes on the show. And, you know, watching that all unfold was horrendous. But I guess in the back of my mind, it was Mm -hmm. like, well, it's South Africa. You know, that that's it's different. It's South Africa. But then you no, start thinking of countries no, like no, England no. and Australia, New Zealand. And and mm-hmm. and we watched what happened. And, and and that really shocked me. Yeah. On every one of my tours that I took through Australia and New Zealand, I was emotional about the doc because I had a number of doctors um, come, you know, basically attending the tour. And, and or in various cities, you know, who practice in various cities coming on stage and just saying they're two bits. And I was so moved by them. You know, here in the U.S., you have the Andrew Wiles and whoever, you know, who are kind of maverick physicians who, you know, speak up and talk about natural health, and they're considered kind of a novelty. Over there, every one of those people was risking their license, their careers, their livelihoods, you know, the ability yeah. to feed their families yeah. by getting up on stage and speaking. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, I, I, I can profit from this. That wasn't the motivation. Wow. So um, it's, it's very, very scary. And I, I thought I was going to fall in love with New Zealand, and I really didn't. I mean, and in part because I recognized that the people there had no idea what they had. Right. You know, they weren't allowing GMOs there. Um, you know, they they had a pristine environment filled with just this abundance of animal source foods that were being cleanly raised on open, beautiful pastures, pristine pastures. And none of them seemed to have any appreciation for what they had at all. And I remember looking at the person I was traveling with and saying, they're going to lose it. They're going to lose it all. Right. Because they don't get it. They don't get what they have. And they did. Yeah. They're losing everything. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah, those those countries. Well, you know, it's the five eyes, right? But yeah, Australia and New Zealand—they're brutal. It, boy, That's, we certainly their governments are brutal. Yeah, we we certainly learned that over the last uh, couple of years. You know, I want to go back to something you were doing this prior to 2010, and um, I have to believe yeah. it's pretty satisfying now. I, I'm sure. You can't even count <laughs> yeah. how many times you heard back then. This is a fad. It's not sustainable. That's it. And here we are. Clearly, now yeah, none of end. those things are true. Right. Right. It was actually the opposite of not sustainable. Although it all depends on how you do it. You right. Know? But right. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, it's it is satisfying. It's also a little. You know, I got into this because. I figured out, you know, I wanted to distill down to the most foundational, um, you know, thing of what actually worked for human beings and why, and what actually prolonged life and limited disease and why. And so I, I combined ancestral principles with, with ketogenic principles and also, you know, human uh, longevity research, not because... I'm interested in living to 180 years, especially in the world we live in now. I'm pretty glad right. I'm in my 60s, but you know, but um, but because when 
you're advancing longevity, you're basically doing so by minimizing disease. Right. So I wanted to look at what were the things that, that, that you know, 100 years nearly of, of that type of research was actually showing worked and found that you could actually combine these things. There were lots of places where these concepts intersected. And I, I was able to connect those dots and put it together with this, this huge thesis that was primal body, primal mind. And at the time, a lot of people in the paleo movement, you know, they're all into their into their, you know, I don't know, carby foods and stuff like that. Yeah, right. It's amazing how many people in the paleo movement had a sweet tooth. And they accused me of being kind of extreme and, oh, All you that. know, that's just, that's just, you know, whatever. And I, I, I didn't care what they thought. I was going to stand up and say what I, you know, what I knew to be true and what I saw demonstrate. It's not like I'm an armchair researcher who just has a theory about something and threw out a couple of YouTube videos exactly. on Exactly. Right. You know, I had over 20 years of clinical experience to find out what worked and what didn't in a huge variety of populations and ages. I worked with everything and everybody. And in the end, um, you know, through yeah. exhaustive research, um, I created that book. Now, I've since published, well, I have an ebook out about the concept of fatigue and, you know, adrenal fatigue, bringing that subject into the 21st century Um uh, called Rethinking Fatigue, and, and that's on Amazon and Kindle. Um, sort of funny, I can't even download it because I don't have, I, I you know, canceled my account with Amazon. But, um, <laughs> that but, is kind um, of funny. <laughs> sort of an irony, yeah. And, uh, hey, uh, I, and also... Real uh, quick before I, I missed that, it was Rethinking what? Disease? Is that it? Fatigue. F- fatigue. Fatigue, yeah. Fatigue. Okay. Which, like as in tiredness, fatigue. Yeah, which is something I want to come yeah. back to, by the way. So uh, I got to make sure I remember yeah. that. But I want to go well, for sure. get that myself, but I want to come back and ask and you then, some questions about that. And then my, my most recent book, which was a few years ago now, but um, it was published by Simon Schuster. So it's sort of like it, what I had done had garnered some attention from the big dogs. And this book is called Primal Fat Burner. And, and it, it, it sounds like a weight loss book. That isn't really, it's a double entendre, really. Uh, right. That weight loss might be somebody's favorite. If, if that's what they need to do, they can accomplish this. But I also talk about how to maintain or gain healthy weight if you need to by modifying things a little bit. Yeah. So it's yeah. about slowing aging, superpowering your brain, you know, and it's basically uh, talking about a higher fat, low, low carbohydrate, low sugar and starch, um, ancestrally oriented diet. So Excellent. Um, Excellent. You know, um, and there are recipes in that one. Yeah. You know, we had uh, Dr. Wolfson on a a while back. He's become a pretty regular guest. He was supposed to be on today. We're actually going to have him on later today and he had to cancel. But we we were just talking about, you know, how complicated you could make the whole biology, human body, nutrition thing. You could geek out on things like the Krebs yeah. cycle and trying to explain how the thyroid works. And I, I, it, it is incredibly complicated. And, and you could just go on and on and on with that. And we were talking about that and trying to, you know, really keep things simple and relatable. And I said, you know, I said, it seems to me like no matter how crazy complicated we could make the body, the owner's manual should only be one page. The, the, the answer here, to, here. to all of this is just really, really simple. No matter how complicated we want to make all this, the answers are really simple. What do you think? 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. So here's the thing that really you want to get me riled up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, cause I, I, a lot of my, uh, a lot of the people that, you know, I shared the stage with as thought leaders and whatever always had the message of everybody's different. And therefore right. some people do this and something. And that just makes me nuts. What defines us as a species are not our differences, but the things that we have in common, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. We all have individual fingers, but we all have fingers. We all have thyroids. We all have a you know, cellular function based on, you know, Krebs cycle and, and, uh, we all have, you know, require a similar range of macro and micronutrients. We all have the same kinds of ancestors. And yeah, there may be some various ethnic things, right. but honestly, it all goes back a couple of million years. There isn't a human being on this planet that is designed to eat like a, a purely vegan diet. I'm sorry. Correct. That is a modern day experiment, right? right? that we have always, always, always consumed animal source foods. It's part, it's sort of funny. Uh, what also makes me a little crazy about uh, the world that we live in is that the things that are the most vilified are the things that actually are the hallmarks of life on earth. Now, cholesterol, for instance, oh boy, <laughs> is a hallmark of animal life. It only exists in animals. You know, a few years ago, they found this fossil at the bottom of the ocean and they couldn't, it was the oldest ever found fossil on, on the planet. I don't know how many billions of years old it was, but they couldn't figure out whether it was a form of plant life or a form of animal life. So they did all this exhaustive analysis and they found uh, a marker for cholesterol and they said, up oh, animal life. Animal. There right? we go. <laughs> it is animal. It can only be animal. So, Cholesterol is one of those things that is essential. Without cholesterol, you would not you would not be alive. For starters, your brain wouldn't function. You would not be able to make any of your uh, steroidal hormones at all. You wouldn't be able to manufacture vitamin D. Right. Um, you know, you wouldn't be able. You know, a fourth of all the cholesterol in your body is in your brain, and it has to be there. And things that people take to try to lower cholesterol, as if that were a smart idea, which it's not. Um, actually have, you know, dementia-like symptoms are a common side effect of yeah. those medications. I, I personally, I, I personally don't believe they've ever saved a single life. That's why I, I agree. I think cholesterol, the, the whole saturated fat cholesterol thing was, you know, I actually know a woman who was a bench chemist of over 50 years. Her name was Dr. Mary Ennig. She was a, she was a friend of mine in life. She uh, actually was at the meeting where they made the determination of where do we make the cutoff for cholesterol Wow! so that we can, you know, rope a fair. And it was arbitrary. It wasn't based on any science. There's no data, right. no research. They just said, eh, let's make it 200. That's, that seems like a good number. It's mm -hmm. like, you've got to be kidding. I'm way more worried about people with cholesterol that's too low than too high. Yes. Your risk for infection goes way through the roof. Your risk for cancer goes way through the roof. Your risk for dementia goes way through the roof. Mm. My mom always had really low cholesterol and her doctors were always patting her on the back. She right. was always quite proud of that. Well, let's see. She had cancer twice and uh, she also ended up dying of Alzheimer's disease. My father, who, by the way, wrote the textbook on cardiovascular radiology. He was a famous radiologist in his time. He was actually responsible for bringing full body CAT scan and MRI to this country. 
So he, yeah. you know, he was a thing. And yeah. he was very, very proud of his low cholesterol. And he died of a massive heart attack in, in 2006. Wow. So it, I'm just saying I, that I, cholesterol is not the problem. I, I, exactly. Yeah, it's, um, it's insane. I know how... you mentioned Tim Noakes. You may... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to comment on a documentary that you guys uh, ought to watch if you haven't. I'm very, very proud of this. The people that made the documentary were actually inspired by my work. They were some of my, you know, uh, colleagues in Australia and another one from New York who was a good friend of mine for a long time. Um, It's called The Magic Pill. Oh, yeah. And the story of Tim Noakes is in there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in there. So, yep. um, and uh, there's a community of Aboriginal community in the film. And I, and they're in there because I helped them successfully launch their Hope for Health project back in 2014, I believe it was. And uh, they, it was extremely successful. And uh, that whole community was basing what, what they did dietarily on my stuff. And right. I, I was really bummed to have not been there for the filming. But, um, but I was very, very pleased by the way they were portrayed in the film. I thought it was beautifully done. So I'm quite proud of that documentary. And it's, it's still, you know, got hundreds and hundreds of five-star we, reviews. We recommend The only bad it. ones are probably vegans. We recommend it all the time. We have been for years. It's so well done. It's so informative and just really interesting to watch. You know, sometimes documentaries can get really dry. And this one is just really interesting to watch, really well done. You, you just, you know, well, you feel the stories of the people stories. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's filled with human stories. And so, um, yeah, it was. It, I I was so pleased at the way that came out. Yeah. Hey, I I, I want to kind of shift directions here, but before I do, Lauren, jump in here. I, you know me. I kind of hog the conversation, yeah. and and Nora's been known to to <laughs> talk a little bit too. She's quite a talker, so you better you better jump in here. Gravity is not my strong suit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nora, you mentioned. <laughs> You mentioned not watching news since 2001. How do you keep up to date on most things? I, I don't trust anything that comes across mainstream media. They, they're 100% captured by corporate mm-hmm. interests. They, and they, they have no interest whatsoever in informing you about anything uh, legitimate. Every, in fact, anything that they, that they tell you or recommend, you know, pretty well, you know, if you do the opposite, you're okay. So I um. Uh, but rather than having to reverse engineer everything I'm watching on TV, I, I you know, or whatever, I, you know, I, uh, there are a number of little news feeds and things like that, that I, you know, that I keep track of and, uh, you know, and, uh, I, I try to pay attention to people who are legitimately grounded, are good journalists, um, mm. and, um, and who provide, you know, evidence for what they claim and, and they're not just simply spewing and spouting. So in, it's a, it's a, it's a whole variety of things, you know, that, that I pay attention to. And some of these uh, sources I follow on telegram, I, I probably never miss a high wire uh, show. I think that's extremely well done. High wire. And every, the high wire. Yeah. The Dell big tree. Um, that is, um, uh, 
Well, you can just go to thehighwire.com and you can see. And what they do is they cover things with tremendous journalistic responsibility. And then any study, any story that they talk about or that they report on, they actually provide you with it. You just Your inbox is filled every week with peer-reviewed papers, uh, with news articles, you know, with, with legitimate references and, and everything else. And it's so extraordinarily well done. It's not, it's not my only source of information. It's just one that happened to pop into my mind. But they, they air every Thursday uh, at 11 o'clock Pacific time um, on okay. their channel. And it, it's a very polished, beautifully done uh, broadcast. And they have the ICANN network, I can decide, network. Um, oh, I that know that. All, you know about them, yeah. And so they have Aaron Siri, basically, who's probably the best, uh, um, constitutional attorney walking loose, possibly ever. Uh, and they actually, they supply, uh, they, they fund uh, all of these lawsuits. I mean, you've heard about the whole, how, you know, Pfizer wasn't going to release their data, their clinical data for 75 years. Well, yeah. it was Aaron Siri that got them to cough that up. Got right? it. Okay. So, I like to support these people. Um, I, I like uh, Bobby Kennedy's uh, website, uh, childrenshealthdefense.org. It's Same. superb, um, right? And, and again, very journalistically responsible, careful, um, not, not speculative and flippant you know, about things, but very, mm-hmm. very, you know, like everything that's said can be backed up a yeah. hundred times over. So, and that's kind of how I am when I write. Um, I, you know, I am so careful about my facts that um, I, it, it's almost paralyzing sometimes because if I don't have like at least a half dozen references to back up what I'm saying, if I can't, like I might think something is true based on, I don't know, some logical deduction or something, but it's like, no, 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 I'm not going to say that until. I research it and make sure that I haven't, you know, extrapolated something that is, that is, you know, wrong or remembered something wrong. So I'm super, super careful. And, um, I, you know, I think that that, that serves, you know, the public interest, you know, I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in being accurate, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, it, none of it has ever been about, I don't know, my, my ego or you know, I just, in fact, I don't even really like the spotlight that much, but I'm passionate about what I have learned and what I know. And I'm passionate about human suffering. And, uh, and oh, by the way, you know, I'm also, um, you know, I care a great deal about the environment and, and about the things that are being done to compromise that. And speaking of things that are the hallmark of life that are being vilified, like CO2. Oh my God, life could not exist without CO2. You know, <laughs> I recently got a greenhouse, right? I mean, it's, yeah, right. it's literally, it's life. Carbon it, is life. We it, are carbon life forms. We emit it all the time. Exactly. You know, we, photosynthesis cannot take place without CO2. And there's so little of it in the atmosphere. Most people don't realize uh, I remember speaking to this woke person and talking to them about this climate alarmism business. And by the way, I, one time I've been an environmentalist my whole life. At one time, I, you know, way back in the seventies, I worked for the Sierra club wildlife task force. 
Um, I actually was on Greenpeace's payroll in the 80s going door to door, you know, uh, but that was back when they were a, a real environmental organization. Yeah, right. They've since been hijacked. And I resent like hell my passionate sensibilities toward, you know, toward the protection of the environment and toward the living things in this world being hijacked by people like Maurice Strong and, you know, World Economic Forum types. And, and trying to tr distill it all down to something like CO2 and blame everybody breathing for the problem. <laughs> and I remember speaking to this woke person, you know, woke type, and, and they were like, well, CO2 now, it's, it's climate, you know, it's global warming and whatever. I said, do you have any idea how much CO2 actually that our atmosphere is comprised of CO2? Well, I don't know, but I know it's a lot. 0.04%. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, by the way, our contribution to that is somewhere between one and three percent, right. zero four percent. Right. And that justifies wow. destroying the global economy and shutting everything down. And you know, now that the that the COVID narrative is wearing thin, and it is, you know, this is the next thing. And, and all under the guise of being green. You know, let's 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 create 15 minute cities. And oh, by the way, you're not even allowed to take your electric car outside that 15 minute you know zone without getting fined after a certain point, because it's not about being green. It's not about saving the planet. Right. It's about control. Yes. Hey, Nora. Right? My, so my, it's but, yes, sir. When you get going, I, I've got like 17 notes here on things I want to talk about with you. And, and that doesn't even include the notes I had before you started talking. And I also want to be. It, oh, I don't know. You guys are my people. You know, I, it's like. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, like, yeah. I also want to be respectful of your time. So, you know, we're coming up on the hour. Anytime you need to leave, just let us go. Let us know. If not, you know. We'll, no, no, I'm, I'm here for the full hour, but. Got I'm happy it. to do so, but so real unless quick, you want to boot me, um, in which case, you know. Again, since yeah. there is so much, and we've only got about 15 minutes left in the hour, uh, can I get you to right. come back again sometime soon? Absolutely. There's, yeah, there's absolutely. So much I, we could talk about. I, I want to get your opinion on something. So, you know, we work one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. We, we, Lauren does a lot of our discovery calls and our one-on-one -on -one work directly with clients and you know, helping them with the plan and the whole thing. And, and we've been doing that for about eight years. We have a lot of people, a lot of success stories. We absolutely love it. We started noticing, you know, about the middle of 2020 that there were some patterns that were changing. And the pattern was that uh -huh. we had people who had really cleaned up their diet and their lifestyle years before, had sustained it really well, and all of a sudden started to see some recurring issues again some joint pain, some weight gain, mm -hmm. some brain fog, you know, lack of energy, not, not horrible, but not as good as what they were used to. So we, you know, started looking at it and thinking what, and of course, you know, your first reaction is, well, you've let your diet slip. You know, it happens to us all things sneak in, you don't realize it. So we started telling people, look, we need really good food journals. You, you gotta be, you know, really precise on this. We'll right. figure out what's going on. And, Across the board, nobody had really changed anything. I mean, nobody had radically, not even slightly changed their diet. It was like nothing had changed in in their diet. So we started thinking, what's How going on here? We you know, started looking at our, our Nutri-Q <laughs> and, and some of the clues started to jump out. This was stress-related. This wasn't food. Yes, yes. And then right. it clicked. I you agree know, well, with you, yeah. 
Well, of course it's stress-related. Look at what's going on in the world and look at the people we deal with. You know, in the beginning, when this was scary, what is this? How dangerous is yes. it? You know, we, we didn't know. We didn't have those answers. And at that time, people were, you know, <laughs> locking down and staying home. And truck drivers were yeah. not only out working every day, but they're driving in and out of crazy hot zones. And, you know, we were being told, look, this is really bad for people if they're metabolically unhealthy, which is how you would describe most truck drivers. So we started thinking, my God, we're going to see this mass extinction of truck drivers, you know, and it never happened. Right. Uh, but yet we were seeing this pattern of stress. And I started working yeah. on this idea. What can we do to lower stress? And we had had the things all along that we had been saying, like, look, you need to learn how to meditate and you need to be more mindful and you right. need to get away and go take a walk in nature. And it wasn't working. You know, and I, I'm a big believer in meditation. It, it's, you know, I, I recommend the Muse headband to help people do it. And yet I had to admit, you know, it's not working. It's not working for the people I'm telling. Honestly, it's not working all that well for me anymore. Um, I'm a little stressed these days right. and I'm starting to notice some of the signs. So I, I, right. I, I really started looking at it and I, I thought, okay. wait a minute, why is this our first go-to? Meditate, relax, get out in nature. I thought all we're doing here is telling people to avoid stress. And if you avoid it long enough, it, it yeah, you kind of start to see some symptoms well, ease up. And, but the minute you're back in the stressful situation, you fall apart again. I thought something's wrong Well, in our yeah, approach. I said, it, yeah, it's almost like trying to tell somebody to train for a marathon by avoiding running. Right. Well, and the other thing is, so one of the things that is massively stressful is because, you know, you talk about meditation and I'm pro meditation for sure. Being out in nature. Look, I live a hundred percent off grid in the middle of nowhere now. And, and, um, I, 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 there's nothing I love more. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but we also need to remember our own ancestral roots as human beings. We are a social tribal species that is always at our best living, working, and standing in community, in, in connection with one another. We need to get together. We need time to be with other human beings in a meaningful way. You know, if the like, if you know, if the likes of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates don't get it, well, then we need to simply make them irrelevant, right? We need to decentralize our lives, localize our focus, and reach out to one another, while creating parallel economies, parallel maybe monetary and banking systems, even bartering systems, food yeah. production, distribution, and and alternative, actual healthcare based upon a model of health and not disease, you know, and a strengthening. But a strengthening of human social bonds, that is the one thing that has been so successful by these sociopaths over the last three years. Right. Is dividing and conquering the population. Yeah. I mean, people have lost family members and friends over this crap. Um, and, and, and people have been conditioned to self-isolate. Um, we've been conditioned to be away from other people. Now, I live in an area where there is a community of people. We're all pretty like-minded out here. Um, and uh, we're, most of us are here for the same reason. So we all appreciate you know, freedom and sovereignty and, and self-sufficiency and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, 
that you cannot underemphasize the need for human connection, yeah. meaningful human connection. Good point. And that is the thing that has most been missing, right? And, and, and you know, we're also, you know, this, 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 all this politically divisive crap, none of what is happening right now in the world is ultimately about politics. Right. Here, you know, everybody's screaming, oh, leftist, you yeah, know, right. pinko commie, you know, whatever. Well, look, it was the conservative party in Australia that lost its freaking mind. Yeah. And, <laughs> and conservative party in the UK. Right. So none of this is ultimately about politics. Politicians on both sides of the aisles, with few notable exceptions, um, they're all playing the part of useful idiots. And they're simply being used by the point zero 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 one percent hiding out in places like Davos. You know, the soulless idiots, the petty tyrants and delusional megalomaniacs behind what's happening in the world aren't interested in politics. Their ideologies, they're anti-life, anti-human, and they only want fewer of us and and totalitarian control of whoever and whatever is left. That's the bottom line. It's a death cult on a global scale. But only a small handful of these nut jobs are trying to control us in the billions. All of the abuse stops. When we stand up and simply say no, hug our neighbor, shake hands, and just, you know, don't judge people based on whatever they, the labels are. Judge them right. on the quality of their character, yep. their integrity, whether or not they are a good neighbor, friend, you know, um, you know, whatever. And we just need to learn to say no. Hell no. So hell Remember, no. No one ever complied their way out of totalitarianism, right? Very we good point. We all need to know where our line in the sand is and stand firm behind that. And with yeah. our arms locked together. Very. Because we do need some... Again, humans are much more alike than unalike. And the kinds of things every human being needs and values are all pretty similar. You know, yeah. we all care about our families. We all care. We all, you know, need a, a healthy, clean environment. You know, we, we want to have access to clean, healthy food that sustains us and doesn't poison us. Um, we all kind of more or less care about the same things right. as human beings, unless we're sociopaths. And that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and so when we're focusing on what we have in common instead of our differences, that makes us powerful and they can't have that. You're right. So, right. you know, when, so, I, when I hear a lot of negative rhetoric coming from both sides, it, it, it doesn't serve us. No, it doesn't. You know, we can be, it, it's easy to get aggravated. And I, I can say all kinds of things about the insane city I left, you know, Portland, who just lost its mind. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, this, there's a predatory class that is preying upon the minds and hearts of people and making us something less than human in the process. You, you, know, you know, I'm, I'm Everything just, that has happened in the last three years is dehumanizing. I, I'm just so grateful for people like you who are brave enough to stand up and just keep saying it, no matter how much pressure there is, no matter how much we're putting at stake or risking. You're right, we can't comply our way out I of agree. this. The opposite. We have to be as non-compliant as we can possibly be. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I love that. And I'd love Absolutely. to get you back and talk more about that, too, because I, I, I think we need to talk more about it. Before we let you go, I, I want to kind of get your opinion on where I kind of went. I, I, I'm working on a stress busting protocol kind of thing. What kind of things can you do to improve this? And it turns out that it, it's not nearly as much as, you know, getting away and relaxing. And it, it's more about 
the first thing no. we need to do is figure out how to make you stronger against stress, to build that stress resilience. I even kind of started referring to it as the stress muscle. You know, we've just worn out our stress muscle right. and we need to, to strengthen it. And I started looking for things that improved it. And I was using HRV as, you know, kind of my measurement. You know, when oh, yeah. HRV is low, we sure. seem to be not resilient to stress at all. As we build that HRV number up, we seem to get more. So that was my marker that I was using. Yeah, and we partnered with Garmin. We actually created a, a special watch for truck drivers with Garmin. You know, like they have a scuba diving watch and oh, a runner's wow. watch. And, um, yeah. There, there's now a, an a HRV model, watch. A model called the Garmin Diesel, and it's specifically for truck drivers. And we, they, we have oh, wow. this instant stress reading in there that we've been using to help guide us. And what I really came down to, and, and you know, thinking back to the whole primal body, primal mind, it seemed to me like everything I found that improved our resilience to stress and raised our HRV were all things that made you extremely uncomfortable in the short term. Things like cold exposure and, and infrared sauna and heat exposure uh, and high intensity yeah. resistance training and, and Wim Hof breathing. And I put together this whole protocol, sure. but I realized everything here just makes you really uncomfortable. And in our modern world, we've done everything to remain comfortable all the time. Well, and I agree with you. I think that that's really smart and, and really good. And also, though... I think people too often forget they're so busy doing the self-care shit. You know, I shouldn't say shit because yeah, it's good yeah, stuff. Right. You know, and they're eating right and they're trying to meditate and all this stuff, but they're not necessarily putting a whole lot of focus or on enriching and nurturing that which makes life worthwhile, which again is our connection, connection. to each other and yeah. the things that we enjoy. But we need more trucker parties, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. we need people getting, and that's a problem with truckers because so much of what they do is self-isolating, right? They're in it, a truck all day long, driving around and listening to things you like know, this, I'm, which is great, I, but I'm a big believer in, in, we end up in certain professions because of our personalities a lot of times. And I've often said oh, that, that true, almost yeah. all truck drivers I know, including myself and people are shocked when they hear this are introverts at heart. I, I'm I'm very happy yeah. by myself with a good book or doing, I, I I have to force myself to seek out that connection. And I, I think that's almost a kind of a common thing among truck drivers. And it's probably why we all enjoyed spending hours and hours alone in a truck. I think, I think that there's a valid point there, but at the same time, even introverts, cannot go it alone in this world. No, the you're right. I agree. Idea of the lone wolf and people may be too, you know, maybe they have social phobias or something like that, but we all need other human beings. And even if it's instead of, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, just listening to the hum of the road, maybe calling somebody you haven't talked to in a couple right. of years and just telling them right. that you care about, you know, hey. telling them you love them and, and that, yay, let's, let's get together sometime. And, hey, Nora. You know what I mean? You know, we, we yeah. absolutely believe in this. The, the, we created two websites when we uh, left Facebook. So 
because we we kind of deal with two different things. We're, we've always been big on the trucking side of things, business and fuel mileage and maintenance and, and all that trucking stuff. Sure. And then eight or nine years ago, we went down this health road, which was so different. We focused on truck drivers, but not all of our truck drivers want to hear it. You know, in fact, I've had massive complaints over the years. If you talk about health one more time, I'm never going to listen to you. And and we had to say, well, you know, there's lots of other channels. So, you know, health isn't just physical health. It's mental health. Right. All of it. Right. Yeah. So um, but when just to go back to your point of this connection, um, we named our two sites, healthytribe.com and truckingtribe.com, because we absolutely believe in that concept. We need tribes. Right. Here, look at this. I mean, the basis of life itself is based in community. Your human body, 99% of the cells in your body aren't even human. Uh, Right. We're made up of all, (laughs) right? Yeah. I mean, we're made up of all these different microorganisms all working together in a state of of coordinated communication, right, And, and community. Right. In order to make the human organism work. So it's like really the very basis even of human life is, yeah. is community based. We can't have that, you know, without, you know, we're at our best somehow in connection to one another, even if you aren't in the same room. I mean, I'm not saying solitude isn't great. It, but right. haven't we all had our gut full, uh, gut full of solid, so-called solitude over the last three years? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. You know, lockdown is not a medical term. It's a prison term. Exactly. And there are a lot of people imprisoned in their own minds now, even, you know, and um, we, we need to, you know, you need to get out of your comfort zone when it comes to human connection, because I promise you, you know, it's that human connection that makes our lives upon this planet worthwhile. Very good Doesn't point. Mean you got to sing Kumbaya, you know. That's right. But we do, it is what makes life meaningful. Find what makes your life meaningful and embrace that and find who helps to make your life meaningful and embrace them. Don't be afraid of embracing them. Take the face diaper off, right? <laughs> um, oh boy, don't get us <laughs> right? started. Share a few yeah. germs. That's, that's how our immune systems are designed to function, it, it, you know, in, with exposure to one another. That's how we evolve. Nora, embrace that again. Every time you start talking, I make 17 more notes and I'm never going to get to them all. So I know we got to let you go, but it's interesting. I, um, I had avoided Twitter for years for a lot of reasons. You know, even though I was fairly active on social media, we created our own sites. I had avoided Twitter. Um, when the whole thing happened with Elon and I saw he is actually really going to go in there and try to you know, return some free speech. I thought, you know what? I've got to support that. I, I'm going to go join Twitter. I'm going to pay the eight bucks for the blue check and and support him and see if he really does what he says he's going to do. And for the most part, I, I, I got to say, it seems like he is. He really is. But I, I, I've been now exposed to this whole new audience. And I, I will tell you. I well, got, it's also a great database for him. Yeah. 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 yeah well, true. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. And I'm yeah. not, you know, a hundred percent sure that all of his intentions around this are pure, but a, a, at least right. we're getting a little bit of, of free speech back in social media. And I hope it keeps going. No, absolutely. Yeah. But I made a post the other day and I was shocked by the visceral reaction I got from this one. 
you know, I post some pretty controversial stuff, but I get political at times. And, you know, certainly my take on the vaccine and COVID has been very controversial. But I, I, I never thought yeah. that this post would, and it wasn't even my post. I responded to somebody else's. The post was about this, these restaurant tables in Japan, where as you're sitting there, you drop your phone into the slot and it closes and uses, uh, you know, light and it sanitizes your phone. That, that was the whole thing, the, the post. And I just said, You're you know, kidding. the last thing we need is more hyper sanitization of everything. And I, I went on, I got blasted. You filthy animal. Do you even shower? Do you wash your hands after you shit? I, what? People lost their what? mind you have to over realize, this. You know, a very small subset of people lost their minds. They were a vocal minority. I, I would say the vast majority of human beings are right with you on the absurdity of, you know, they all basically, they want us to be Howard Hughes. You know, they want us wearing Kleenex boxes on our feet and, you know, and growing our nails 10 inches long. So they don't want us to have, you know, money and prosperity like he had, (laughs) Um, but they do want us, you know, you know, to be crazy. And, and, you know, these people, they, they really are. I mean, some of these folks really are, caught up in a state of psychosis that, you know, nothing can be done about really. Um, but they are a, they are a rabid and yeah, I mean, mentally ill minority. It it was, don't, don't feel like it was like, you know, yeah. Yeah. All right. Like I said, Nora, we, I I got about dozens of topics here. So, uh, I'm going to, Hold you to it. You committed to coming back we with us. We all this sometime. Absolutely, I am. Fantastic. Yeah, this is this is like my favorite show. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. All right. Um, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. So interesting to catch up with you again and see what you're doing. And uh, we'll yeah. get you back here real soon. You too, Kevin. And, and Lauren, I am so sorry. I just totally steamrolled oh, no. over you this hour. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel bad <laughs> about that, but I couldn't help myself. Hey. <laughs> just promise to come back on the show because we, like Kevin said, we have plenty to talk about. Hey. We do, we do. You know, hey. it's good. It's good that that people like us get together and and talk and and uh, validate each other once in a while. So, yeah, Lauren, Lauren's pretty used to me dominating and hogging all the airtime and talking yeah. and talking and. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, you're a guy. You can't help it. But, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. Fantastic, oh, thanks, Nora. Nora. Thanks again so thank much. Take guys. care. We'll talk to you real soon. Sounds great, Kevin. Thank you. And thank you, Lauren. And we'll hopefully talk to you real soon. All right. Okay. Absolutely. Lauren. Wow. What a, yes. uh, that's I know. not we how I expected that to so go. Much- no, I didn't either. I wanted to ask a bunch of questions about, oh, goodness, a lot of, she's very knowledgeable about fat-soluble vitamins, and I, but I know we could, we could spend an hour on just that, so I it, didn't even want to ask her any questions about that this time. You know, the, the, the last time we had her on, I, I struggled a little bit with the interview. It, it, I, we got real deep into the weeds on technical stuff. Just, she's so intelligent on, you know, some of that oh, deeper oh, science oh. And, and the brain. And I almost felt like we, I, we got a little off into the weeds too much. And, 
you know, I, again, this mm-hmm. time I was trying to prepare for that. And we went in a totally different direction. We went in this whole big picture <laughs> totalitarianism, and which I loved. You know, I, I boy, talk about, oh. I, I, I knew her and, and I kind of know her background. But here's, here's something interesting. You know, w- what's happened with politics in this country, you heard her describe her background and her history. Greenpeace, come on. I, I, I'm 180 I, degrees, and it's not that I'm not an environmentalist. I love the environment. I just wasn't on board mm-hmm. with a lot of those groups, and 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 she was. And yet, look at the place where we've both come to now. I know. Look where she ended up and, right. and everything. That that speaks a lot, in my opinion, to, to what's going on with a lot of these groups is they're not seeing the bigger picture. <laughs> no, exactly. And and I've been saying forever that that Nora is what I would consider a a classic liberal. And even though I've never really agreed with them on a lot of topics, I I'm wondering where they all went. Any classic mm-hmm. liberal should sound today like she does. That that's what they were the yeah. The real defenders of the First Amendment, that that was a liberal thing. You know, the conservatives always want to take the Second Amendment. It, but what happened to that? That that mm-hmm. has totally gone out the window. And it was always the classic liberals fighting, you know, the big corporate America. Right. That was their thing, too. What happened to that? Now, all of a sudden, they just roll over mm-hmm. and and, you know, big pharma's the going to save us all, according to them. Yeah. It's so bizarre, but it, it's so you interesting know, to see, bought. you know, with her kind of history and background and where she comes from, her her take on this and how uh, she wasn't holding back. <laughs> no, I know. And I, you know, I really do. You know, you have to thank people like her for not being afraid to speak up because so many people are afraid to say anything and to stand up for what they believe in these days. Right. And it's admirable. Yeah. Well, even think about this. If we go back prior to COVID, if we look at the anti-vax movement that was there, it's been around for a long, long time. Anti-vax sentiment is not new. It's just really changed because of COVID and got so many more people on board. But she has been Mm anti-vax for a very, very long time. Almost everybody in that anti-vax movement were liberals. Kennedy, you know, John yeah, F. Kennedy, the, right. the Children's Defense Fund, it, they were classic liberals that were anti-vax. What happened to that whole thing? Oh, my gosh. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. There were no conservatives in that now- movement. Wow. Or very few, I guess, um, I, I guess Dr. Mercola may have been one of the more conservative anti-vaxxers around, but that, that tended to be a really liberal movement. It definitely was. Yeah. It was a very liberal movement. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that makes complete sense now that I think about it. Crazy. I'm excited to check out that, the high wire that she mentioned for, um, some updates and she, she feels that they're a trusting news source because I hadn't heard of that one before. Have you? 
Uh, I hadn't heard of them before, but I've uh, I've already started following them on Twitter. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, even just doing a quick Google search and landing on their their page, I see they're talking about things that that I'm very happy to, to yes. check out and to listen I, to. That's exactly. Not yeah. the mainstream media is not covering it. So. Yep, I've got very, some. Uh, very interesting. I think I've got some reading to do. Um, oh boy, I, I, I love this. I just happened to, um, to, uh, look at Twitter and I've been spending a lot of time on Twitter more than I'd like to, but there's a reason behind it and it's, it's, there's a purpose and it's working. And, um, I, I'm trying to split my time again. I spent a lot of time on our sites yesterday, going through and answering questions and posting and getting caught up. Um, but here, here again already, tw- Twitter's just got a lot of power today. I've got a couple responses already today um, talking about the guest we just had on. Oh, wow, great. Yeah, very cool. So um, I love that. Um, oh, there's so many directions I, I want to go with all this. So many things going on today. I, I can't even, I, I've got a long list of topics I'm going to cover on a my commentary this week if I can find some time to record it. Um, I don't even know why, where I want to go. Why, why don't you pick something? What do we want? You know what? Let's do this real quick. Um, Terrence has been mm-hmm. holding on and Terrence has always got interesting stuff to talk about. So let's find out what's on his All mind. Right. Terrence, welcome. What's up? I got a couple of uh, Basically, listening to her, my, my mom's uh, cousin was in back in the like, six days. They, they call them hippies, a hippie. Right. Moves to West Virginia, same thing, kind of self-sustainable. But they were, believe it or not, because they had long hair and they smoked weed. They were, they were like, put, like, outcasted. Right. And they were smart. They were intelligent. And, they, and, and that's what, and they had communes. And, I mean, you can look back and, and, and people call them nuts and call them freaks and all this. And, and that's what she's sounding. And that's, a, that, you know, that's how I grew up. You know, being around people, you didn't judge anybody. You know what right. I mean? You, you you tried to learn from your elders and all that. Just listening, I was amazing. So, you know, and, you and like, I definitely got to listen back and get some of them books. You know, I, I I have to admit that when I first got into politics, I thought of myself as a conservative, and I I didn't really think the whole commune thing. I, commune that comes from the word communist. I mean that there is that connection still. Huh? And I, I was almost, not almost, I was very anti that kind of thinking. Um, as I progressed, I realized, no, oh, wait a minute, I'm not really against that kind of thinking. I just took this, you know, kind of conservative mentality about it, but I, I don't really believe that. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, I, I'm not a liberal, but I, I, and that's when I found out what, you know, Uh, libertarian actually means, and it's not liberal. That's not the base of libertarian. Liberty is. And, you know, you found out that, wait a minute, if we, and she covered this several times, if we focus on what we agree on first, maybe we'll figure out we agree on more than we disagree on. You disagree, yep. (laughs) It doesn't mean I have to Absolutely. agree with everything you say or think or do, but if I agree with the majority of things and we start there, isn't that a better way to approach this instead of immediately jumping play, in? It evens the playing field. Right. Instead of immediately it's, jumping yeah, in just, and arguing about yeah. what we disagree on. Right. Confrontation. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> we know, all have to get better agree. at that. 
I, I know I do. I'm willing to yeah. jump right in and tell somebody they're wrong and try to prove that I'm right. And I, I, I know I need to stop doing that. The problem is now we've got to the point where we're so divided. Like I said, on on certain topics, I, I can't even talk to these people. They're They're so rabid, like they get angry and you know, start making personal attacks. And so it's, it's, it's almost impossible to reach out to those people, but we got to find some people closer to the middle and, and start talking again, because it is the ruling class that's trying to separate us. I say bring back the hippies, but anyway, I, I, um, I agree. Uh, as far as the, uh, as as far as the, you don't know how bad I could go real, I want to go real hippie, but I can't. But, um, it, it, as far as the, uh, that train derailment, as soon as you got done off the air yesterday, I flipped over to listen to what Fox was saying and they actually covered the, uh, covered that train thing. They're about they the only guy on talking about it that lives like, yep. Yeah. So how, someone did, they did go, they did get into it. So how, how is this possible that what, and here's the thing. Isn't this administration all about the environment? That's a oh, good yeah. point. <laughs> that's their whole, that's their entire push is the environment. Everything's yeah. about the environment. And here we are in what some people are calling, and we don't know because we're not getting enough data, the worst environmental disaster in our country's history. The one I remember, and I was pretty young, um, actually I wasn't, as young as I thought I was, I was like 16 or 17, um, Three Mile Island. That was covered on the news wall to wall for months. And this could be worse and we can't even get a news report on it. Crazy. So I, my other thing was on stress, Kevin, which what you brought up too was, was with the... Uh, yeah, you know, Saturday and Sunday, I indulge a little bit, and uh, man, I just was—I didn't get—I got an hour and fifty minutes of sleep on Sunday night. Oh boy! And I woke up. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I, my my stress was like fifty all day. So I'm like, you know, I get it. I know what I did. So I didn't. I, I didn't do any of the reishi or nothing like that. I just, I just said, you know what? I'm going to go to bed early. I went to bed the next night. I got seven hours of sleep. And I had like two and a half hours of deep sleep. I think it was 45 minutes of REM and the rest was light. But what a difference to see that in one day to change that. So anybody that's struggling out there with like with, you know, the, the stress and the watch, man, I got, I, I splurged. I got the big one, the, the Phoenix thing and mine covers all that. But just to be, if you want to keep track of all this and find out what's working what you, for you, what's not. It's amazing the amount of information you get out of that thing. I, I agree. I, and it keeps getting better and better every time they upgrade stuff. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'll let someone else get in there, Kev. She was fantastic. Hopefully, like I said, we'll obviously can replay this and get the book she was talking about. But she was like, she just reminded listening to how I reminded you, listen to my, my cousin's, my, my, well, I said, my, call him my second cousin, my second cousin's. Yeah. Uh, wife. She was, and she was a journalist. She, she worked for a small town paper in, in the Hamlin, West Virginia. That's back. I mean, she was. It was just listening to her. The intelligence on it was was amazing. Well, that's the other crazy thing. It was always. I mean, most journalists were liberal, which you know that's just the way it is. And they were the biggest defenders of the First Amendment, and they have just totally 
I uh, abandon that whole concept. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. I'll let someone else get in. Thanks, Kev. All right. Take care. Let's go to Georgia. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning. What's so, on your mind today? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you had a caller call in about chicken feed and the mm-hmm. um, tractor supply brand. Yeah. Yes. And uh, <laughs> it seems like this is making the rounds because I was just reading something last night on a, on a chicken group on Facebook. <laughs> this is going to get political, too. It, it's just comical how this stuff happens. Right. <laughs> so it was this one group I follow, and they had shared the article about this is becoming a problem and even killing chickens, people that are using the, um, I don't know the name of it, but, you know, the, the brand they sell at Tractor Supply. Yeah. And it's made by Purina. Okay. So the original story came out in Nature's Way, which I don't know if that's just a website or a magazine or wherever. Right. I think and it's a magazine. what they did is they, is they tested some feeds, and um, they found that the tractor supply brand had almost double the amount of glyphosate in it. No way. Oh. You've got but, to be kidding. <laughs> here's where it gets political. People are saying, well, is there any proof to this study? You know, who, right. give us some numbers. And Nature's right. Way is just a right-wing conservative. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Fake news site. And, you know, they're, <laughs> but yet their whole point is, you know, the uh, kind of the environmental side of non-GMOs and all that. So it's, well, I thought that was a left-wing issue, not a right-wing issue. You're right. <laughs> who, who's on which side now? <laughs> I know. Who's on first? <laughs> Yep. What a what a crazy upside down world it's become. I, I and you know there's a lot of weird things happening. And you I say this all the time. I don't want to go too deep down the conspiracy theory holes, but I'm having a hard time not to, not doing it because all of the weird things happening, they all seem to fit a pattern. And that's what starts to make you think um, uh, there's something going on here that we don't understand. There's something that's not, it's not the obvious. There's, and that's why people start thinking like this, because there is this clear pattern now. Ignore us. Don't tell us the truth. Lie to us over and over and over about everything when we know you're lying and you know we know you're lying. And yet it keeps happening and it all seems to be about two things. And they're both really out there uh, about control and about depopulating. Why does this theme keep coming up? Yeah, uh just to, you know, I guess shed some light on whether it's Tractor Supply or whatever brand, you know, somebody tests next week. These blenders, you know, using conventional grain, corn and soy is the main ingredient. Right. Which 90 some percent of all of it in the United States is grown, you know, with it, chemicals. It, it's GMO. Glyphosate. And, and it's called, yep. just so people understand what this is, 
They genetically modified these plants so you could soak them with a toxin, with a weed killer, and it wouldn't affect them. That, that's what this is. That's when, when we say the corn and, and these crops are GMO, we have genetically modified them. A totally unnatural process. We have no idea what it does. Nobody talks about it. And the, the reason they were modified was to be able to handle these toxins that they're saturated with and not die. So, yeah, what I was going to say is brand-wise, it doesn't matter. I mean, if they're using conventional corn and soy, right? well, this bat, they tested, you know, wherever it came from. And, you know, yellow number two corn is the base commodity, comes from all over the country. So what the glyphosate level is, is going to vary all the time, just depending upon what farm it came from. And it's all mixed together, so you never know. Right. So yeah, if you if, if you are feeding a backyard flock, you should be, if not organic, you should at least have a non-GMO type feed. Right. And it is more expensive, but you know, you, you the same thing: garbage in, garbage out. Whether it's your what you're feeding your animals or yourself. You know, here's what I wonder: if if all this is is there's too much glyphosate in this feed because they're using conventional grains. Why now all of a sudden? Well, I would assume what I've noticed on big, large farms, their chemical load is going up every year. Okay, maybe we reached a tipping point. You know, now we have super weeds. Yeah, Yeah, which, you know, what... Originally, we killed everything off with glyphosate. Well, now weeds are getting resistant to it, so they got to put more out. That's that's just going to continue into the future. They got to keep using more and more chemicals every year to control the advanced, you know, super weeds and super bugs and. You know, yeah. just like antibiotics, eventually oh. things become resistant. Oh, hey, hey! Speaking of which. Um not that I want to be more doom and gloom, um, but I do follow um, virus outbreaks around the world. Been doing it for years and years, long before COVID. Um, guess what is reemerging at the moment? Two outbreaks of it around the world. <laughs> this is a long list. <laughs> I know. Um, this is a bad one. Uh, what now? Marburg. Marburg virus. Probably more deadly even Did you than... post that today? What's that? Did you post about that today? I thought I saw something that you posted. I did. About the, like, yep. the most deadly... Yep. I, I scary posted thought. it on HealthyTribe.com and Twitter. So Marburg... The thing about Marburg, we have to remember, these really, really deadly uh, viruses like Ebola, Marburg... Um, the, the bubonic plague, some things like that, um, they don't transmit easily. In order to catch this virus, you have to have significant um, contact with bodily fluids, not aerosols. It, aerosols don't do it very well. 
Like you have to have blood contact or heavy contact with saliva. So they don't transmit easily, but they are outrageously deadly. Like Marburg is about 90% deadly. 10 people get it, nine of them are going to die. I mean, that's how deadly this virus is. Um, the, the fear is that if one of these ever mutates and is able to transmit by aerosols, it's like game over. Uh, it, it would be a world changer. It would decimate the entire population. Mm. So I, I keep an eye on these things because if you get an outbreak and if they start over vaccinating and look, I mean, I don't know what I would do if there's a, a, a virus around with 90 percent lethality and they come out with a vaccine. You know, three years ago, I would have said, oh, hell yeah, I'll take the vaccine. I'm not so sure anymore. And the problem is that that we now know the way we vaccinated this time increased the mutations. That's what I'm worried about, that we're going to take one of these things like Mm -hmm. Ebola and Marburg, that we have little outbreaks they may grow to, to dozens or a couple hundred in a couple places around the world, and then we're able to eradicate them. And I'm afraid with what we've done now with the vaccines, the mRNAs, that, that this time if they try vaccinating their way out of something like this, we could make it worse. Yeah. Um, no, remember where I read this years ago, but Ebola. Most people, when they hear that and, you know, they've heard outbreaks in Africa and all that. Did you know that the United States has just as many incidences as Africa? Yeah. I mean, it's small. It's well, minuscule. It's a couple a year. But the, it's, you know, the we're, difference, we're no cleaner or safer here right. than, than Africa. The, <laughs> the, the difference tends to be we, we get the outbreak under control pretty quickly because it's not that hard you go no. it, but in Africa with these little villages and one of the other things that's responsible in Africa almost every outbreak is their rituals around death you know these are small villages these people aren't dying in a doctor's care in a hospital they're dying in a hut and the 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 funeral practices you know they they wrap the bodies it by hand they do all these things. That, that's just their culture. That's what they've always done. That's where these things spread. And, and we don't have those kind of practices here, so we get them under control pretty quickly. What happens over there, this starts in a little village and spreads and kills a bunch of people in that village. And all it takes is one person to leave that village and go, then this thing starts to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I had for today. So All right. There's uh, along. Yeah, so many uh so many topics we could jump on to, but we'll uh we'll take the calls and talk about what you want to talk about. Rick in North Carolina, it's your turn. Hey, how you doing there, Kevin? Appreciate you taking the time and I gotta say I had to get back to you because uh, this is my first trip this year. I spent six weeks in uh, Western Australia, and uh, we're back on the road, and we're, we're getting it done. Uh, I wanted to bring a topic to you. 
because while in Australia, I had listened to a podcast that was very interesting on sleep. And uh, it kind of related back to your stress protocol and what you thought about sleep and how you incorporated your study and involved, uh, you know, sleep. Uh, Matthew Walker was the, uh, I guess, the uh, scientist that reported the study, you know, and gave me the information. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but uh, Matthew Walker. I think, yeah, I'm looking him up right now because the name does sound familiar. Um, I may have his book, but I don't think I've read it yet. Um, I have a ton of books. Oh, my goodness. Uh, On my Kindle. Sure, and and like... Yeah, I mean, it was so informative. Uh, and really, I guess the, the, what I took away from it was 10 hours of sleep is when the body and the mind starts healing and, and, and able to cope with stress. We think of seven hours, five hours, power sleeps, power naps, or whatever you think might give us a little bump. But actually, he was saying that it, it does more harm. Here's- uh, the body starts... Go ahead. Yeah, here's what I'm finding, and this is a really controversial area, and we don't have a lot of proof one way or the other. Uh, I, I would tend to mm-hmm. disagree with him. Almost all of my research okay. and testing is starting to show that we we still have a lot wrong about sleep, that I don't think we're we're tracking it properly with all of these tracking devices. I don't think we understand it properly. And I tend to disagree with him. And and the reason I do is because I almost every practitioner I know of that has studied this and worked on it and biohacked it, people like Dave Asprey and um, Ben Greenfield and myself, almost every one of us tend to find the same thing, that the healthier we get, the less we sleep. That, that doesn't make sense. If we keep making all of these improvements, we improve our nutrition, we improve our exposure to the outside and fresh air and sunshine, and we go barefoot and we dig in the dirt and we fix our microbiome and we, we do all of these things and we expose ourselves to the extremes of temperatures like we should be doing. And yet the more we do, the less we sleep. And, and it seems to be a fairly common pattern that that tells me that the human body is going in the opposite direction of what he's claiming. Okay, so with that said, if we were to think about all the things that make you uncomfortable as you as you state, you know, in your findings, we tend to sleep less. Is that making us uncomfortable, or is it? giving us, is it not reaching that point where we need to sleep longer to be more comfortable? And that's the Gorgonius way of thinking it, you know? Here's the question I would ask him. I'll bring these Mm -hmm. people to you, Ben Greenfield, Dave Asprey, myself, I'm not quite at their level, but in several others. And if your claim is we don't start healing till 10 hours or, or whatever that number is, tell me what 
you can point to in my body, Dave Asprey, Ben Greenfield, show me the damage that isn't being repaired. What is it? Is it the length of our telomeres? Because every bit of evidence we're seeing says, no, these people have longer telomeres. They're going to live longer. So if you're telling me my body isn't recovering, it's not rebuilding, then show me. What, what marker do we have to prove that? Well, I mean, it's, it's a topic that uh, I'm not that educated in in any way other than I go to sleep and wake up and I feel good. I go to work. If I don't feel good, I, I stay home and rest. But, uh, you know, uh, I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was a, a good source to kind of correlate your, your information. And I thought I'd bring it to you. Yeah, um, I, I spoke to you before. I, 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 and I, I always want to keep reading this, I, but I, so far, I haven't found a good source of sleep data. Almost all of it seems to be that same old mentality. We're not getting enough. We're not getting enough. You need more. And yet I can't find anybody that can show me, sh again, show me a biomarker that says it, when you're only getting four and a half hours of sleep a night, you're doing damage. Show me that damage. Nobody has been able to do that. It's just pure speculation, I, I, it seems I, like. I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess really where I'm at with that is uh, I wish I had the data or the, or the, the information side by side as we speak. Uh, because I can't, I don't want to reiterate anything that's, you know. No, I, I uh, and, and you know, honestly, I, I, you know, I, I have a feeling I have all of that data that he's using and I come to a very different conclusion. Now that we're able to measure HRV easily, which is a really, really yeah. good marker of our overall health, I see people, and, and look, I, I get the benefit of not only seeing my numbers, I follow a lot of people. People report this stuff to us. I see people, and, and my wife is one of them, she can get nine and a half, 10, 10 and a half hours of sleep at night. I haven't done that in a, over a decade, not ever. Not when I'm sick, not, I, I just don't sleep that much anymore, nowhere near that. And yet she doesn't get any better results around HRV or, or anything than I do. And I, I see other people that do. There's no correlation between sleeping longer and being healthier that I can find anywhere. Wow, that's interesting, and I appreciate your your study on that. And I'm going to keep following it as well, yeah. um, because I, you know, I'm a, I I don't know if you recall, but uh, I gave a I kind of coined a term uh, based on uh you know listening to you and uh, practicing some of what you've said. And a hundred thousand miles, I lost a hundred pounds. That's and, awesome. Uh, I'm been yeah, I've kept it off, and uh, I'm doing well. But you know, the thing is, is that. You know, now we're, you know, we're looking at it, as you say, you know, what's the stress levels is, you know, we're doing all the right things, you know, and maybe a few pounds come back and maybe your joint pains hurt again, but what's the next, what's, what's the attention, where should we put our focus now, you know, after those successes and we see some fallback, you know, uh, I'm looking at the, the stress, I'm looking at the sleep and uh, we're going to try to dial it in. So we'll, we'll stay tuned, Kevin. Excellent. I appreciate your info. Excellent. Appreciate the feedback. Stay in touch. Let us know how it's going. You know, the, the one thing I, Laura and I, I, um, I, I want to keep 
reiterating, and, and I wanted to talk to uh, Nora about this a little bit, but she kind of touched on it as well. Um, we, we have to make sure we, when I kind of mean the functional medicine world, um, we have to make sure we don't get so arrogant that we always think we know it all. That, that we've finally figured it out. We have the right answer. I just want to make sure we keep an open mind. I mean, I, I'm looking at all this sleep stuff and saying that that's, I, I'm not seeing those kind of patterns. I, I think we've got this sleep thing wrong. I completely agree. I'm, I don't even know where to even begin with sleep because like you just, you know, we're talking about it. There studies are, are all over the place. There's nothing that, you can really read and know for sure, oh, this is, this is it. There's no aha moment. And and even just, you know, kind of personal anecdotes. There are days where I have a horrible night's sleep, three, three and a half hours, four hours, it's interrupted, no deep sleep. And there are days where I can wake up and go 12 hours with all kinds of energy after a night like that. There are some nights where I get, you know, six and a half, seven, seven and a half hours of sleep, which is pretty unusual. I don't feel any better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes if I've gone a week of those kind of nights, and, and that happened to me when I was traveling this last couple of times, you know, every night was like that for a week or more. Then if I can have one of those nights of, you know, seven hours of sleep, I, I feel that and it helps me recover. But if I can stay in that zone of about five and a half hours of good sleep with about at least an hour of deep and at least an hour of REM, that to me seems like as good as it's going to get. Sleeping more doesn't do me any more good. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I am kind of having a, a sleep issue right now where, I mean, I'm, I'm sleeping okay. It's more that my HRV for some reason is really low these days. And I, the hey, only thing I can think of is at the allergies. I was just going to say, I bet it's the allergies. <laughs> that's stressful on the body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, and it frustrates me because obviously, you know, I'm doing everything else I feel that, uh, you know, that I can right. do to, to have a good HRV score. And I'm just, I'm struggling. And oh, the hey. past two nights, I've noticed. Yeah. I was just going to say, before I forget this, um, load up on the mm-hmm. Histoplex. What about raw honey? Local. Yes. Well, I've tried that and it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe it needs to be made at a certain time of the year. That could I'm be trying, too. My next theory on this. That could be too. Yeah. When, when it, were the, when were the little bees out there gathering? Exactly. Because I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if it's like a, a honey, like honey that they just harvested, that maybe has a little bit more of right. the current pollen and, you know, that I'm experiencing. I just, and how close is local is another thing. Cause I live at the beach and I don't think I'm getting local honey from the beach. I think I'm getting local honey from inland it, somewhere. Yeah. Like Palatka or something. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. it's hard to say. And here we have, you know, the pollen index is showing juniper, which there's not a ton of juniper in my neighborhood, but there are, there are several trees. Now that, now that I'm looking around, I see 
a lot of juniper trees and you know, where this, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's juniper, juniper is not really a natural, like, an, you know, it's not something that, that is typically grown in Florida. I think it's right. more for landscaping. Right. So where these bees are, I don't think there's any juniper. <laughs> yeah, probably not. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's tough to say, no doubt. You know, I know this won't seem quite so, you know, unusual for you because you're in Florida and a you know, it's warm most of the time anyway. Uh, but for me, it's kind of a big deal. Um, this past weekend, I spent a day in the garden in February. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. I know. I uh, went out and cleaned up a couple Wait, of beds. Did you, did you and, plant and actually, anything? Uh, planted okay. a spring cover crop. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I guess this is kind of the time of the year, at least here, that we should be getting things in the ground. You should, yeah, you did. And I'm I'm getting close. Last year, I was way behind because I was on the road. And by the time I got back, I just couldn't keep up. This year, I feel like I've got a real head start of working on the beds outside already. And this weekend, I'm planning on uh, starting up the greenhouse trailer and, and getting some things going in the trays. Great. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, so... I'm looking forward to it this year. I got some interesting, uh, interesting stuff I want to grow and change a few things this year, but I'm looking forward to a good gardening season. The one thing I am just blown away by, and it keeps getting better, um, the, the first bed that I, I dug into to start working, uh, you know, in Gabe Brown's book, Dirt to Soil, he talks about your, your soil should look like chocolate cake. Uh, I, I've gone beyond... Mm-hmm chocolate cake. I think I had chocolate cake last season. I think I have chocolate brownies this season. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the soil is like so black and rich and it like never dries out. It holds water so well. It's always just so moist and um, it's just incredible. How, and the bed that I actually worked was one that I've never added soil to. You know, like the the lower garden I brought in, I don't remember, 15 or 16 yards of a garden mix, you know, to kind of jumpstart it. But this one particular bed that I was working on this weekend was one that I've never added soil to. So it was just the original soil that was there. And I've added things, you know, like compost and some manure here and there. But then I started growing the cover crops (laughs) on it and you know, throw down some peas or beans if it's just sitting there doing nothing and um, just keep things in it. And I I am just blown away by the soil I've created. That's pretty neat. Yeah. It's so neat to be able to watch it go from, you know, that every year it just seems to be getting better and better. That's that's a pretty cool experience. Yeah, and, and what I'm seeing now is, um, I need to, it, like, I don't really use fertilizers, certainly not any of the conventional stuff. I use some plant food kind of things and, um, I have to use less and less of it. And my yields are getting bigger and bigger and problems like uh, leaf mold or, you know, certain bugs or insects, they're all just minimizing, which, which seems odd, but we now know that, just like our human body, when we have a strong immune system, we don't need to take a lot of pharmaceuticals or even supplements. You know, as we get healthier and healthier and 
the longer we do this, we, we don't talk nearly as much about supplements as we used to. I have to figure out business-wise, our supplement sales are about a third of what they were two years ago. That's a huge hit for us financially. But it's because we, yeah. whatever we're doing, the people we're working with don't seem to need as many supplements. And we've said forever, don't, don't mm. use them if you don't need them. If there isn't some problem we're solving here, then don't use them. So we're going to have to move more into the food and the subscription model and, and, and make that up. I actually, you know, business-wise, I'm not wild about it, but I, I love that trend. And the same thing happens with plants. When, when they have the right nutrition and we build their immune system, then they don't need protection from these bugs and molds and funguses and all these other things. They just, they're just healthy on their own. Mm-hmm. This is very true. All right. Let's, uh, let's grab some calls. Let's go to Florida. Robert, welcome to the program. Got it, Hey, hey, cousin, how are you? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, hey, Robert. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. If you're on a headset or I, I, it's really muffled, and I'm having a hard time understanding you. Can you hear me better now? Uh, it's it's a little better, but it's going to be rough. I'm here. I'm, I'm speaking over the phone, so I don't know. Maybe. maybe okay, that, that's that, that's a little better. Try to kind of speak clearly and and uh, go ahead with your question. Okay. Uh, speaking of sleep, uh, I, I have a watch. I have like hour and a half of REM, uh, hour and a half of uh, deep deep sleep, uh, and uh, just four and a half hours of. Uh, I mean, hour and a half light, hour and a half uh, deep. And uh, light, maybe maybe four and a half hours, something like that. Okay. And uh, my wife is complaining about my my snoring. I was wondering what I can what I can do about that. So, uh, <laughs> snoring can be a lot of things, and sometimes we can do something about it, and sometimes we can't. So, uh, are you overweight at all? Uh, five ten, about one sixty. Okay, so no. The, the answer to that question is no. Um, just being overweight alone can exacerbate the problem. So sometimes just losing weight helps. That's not going to be the case for you. Many times, our problems with snoring, I have this. Um, Lauren, remember um, Pottinger's cats? Yes, of course. So the premise behind Pottinger's cats, there was a, a research scientist, Pottinger. I remember, what was his first name? Do you remember? Oh, goodness. I can't remember his first name. I don't know if we ever heard it. I just remember the study. I know. I don't even know. It's just always referred to as Pottinger's cats. And the study was he, exactly. he studied cats and he studied multiple generations of cats and he was able to prove that nutritional deficiencies get carried through the generations. And if we have especially um, more um, European genetics, uh, the, the Europeans have probably been eating the modern diet longer than anybody. You know, it was Europe where we started the, the grains, that part of the world first. 
you know, in, in this part of the world at that time, our Native Americans weren't eating grains. They were, you know, we, we, the Europeans, you know, figured out the whole corn thing um, and, and got them started on that. So what they were able to prove was the longer human beings consume grains and this poor diet, the worse each generation becomes. And one of the first places that it tends to show up is in our jaw size. Our jaw size starts to shrink. You know, think of even Native Americans. I know this might sound weird, but when I look at Tulsi Gabbard, and and we know her because she's on TV and you can see her, look at her jaw. She's got that for a woman even. She's got that kind of big square jaw. And think of the, the way our, a lot of our Native American tribes look. They've got that big, heavy, square jaw. And I don't. I have a, a smaller chin. My jaw's very small. My teeth are all crowded in there. Um, I had to have all my wisdom teeth yanked out surgically because they were impacted. We should not have to remove wisdom teeth. That's not normal. And it's become very, very common because our jaws are too small. And it's decades, not decades, it, it's generations of poor nutrition. And that small jaw size, small nasal cavity size, and, and the, the back of our mouths and throats have changed. Some of us are just going to be snorers for life, and there's not much you can do. You can try some of these devices that open up your airways. The simple ones are the, the breathe right strips. You know, nothing overly intrusive about those. They have devices you can stick in your mouth. I'm, I'm not wild about any of those. There's a new implant now that, uh, oh, not no, but hell no. They can implant a device into your body and you press a button and it does something to keep your airway open overnight. I'm certainly not doing that. But for a lot of people, the answer really is that this is kind of what we're stuck with. Yeah, I am a European and Polish and uh, I'm big uh, mouth breather. Now, now there, um, there, there's, there are, there's well, I'm glad you brought that up. And I haven't tried this yet. I'm, I'm getting ready to, uh, I'm biohacking too many things right now. And, and I, I, I'm getting impatient and I just need to slow down and do one thing at a time. Uh, I am getting ready to try mouth breathing or, or I mean mouth taping at night. You actually tape your mouth shut so you have to breathe through your nose. And I know it sounds bizarre and, but I, I've, done a lot of research. I've talked to a lot of people there. It, it's working. And I did a, a breath test that did two things. It kind of told you how, how well is your metabolism working? Are you burning more fat? Are you burning more sugar? What's your VO2 max? Uh, but it also told you how well you were breathing. And I scored really high on all the metabolic measurements, really strong metabolism. I am an absolute fat burner, uh, all really good numbers. When we got to the breathing part, absolute opposite. I was down at the bottom of the scale. I apparently have horrible breathing. So there, there, are, there are training things we can do and I'm, I'm getting ready to start testing this stuff myself and then I'll probably put together some sort of a, you know, protocol or 
talk about this more, but we can kind of retrain ourselves to breathe better. We definitely can. There's a book, it's a really excellent book called Jaws by Sandra Kahn and Paul, uh, I'm not going to butcher his last name if I try, but it's called Jaws and it talks about why it is that, you know, we have this narrowing of the jaw, of the jaw, it goes into Weston A. Price and I'm pretty sure they met in uh, Pottinger's cat, um, you know, study and everything like that. And it talks about, there's a whole section, chapter seven is all about what you can do. And there are, um, you know, everything from posture, but they, they've retrained people. Um, there's a breathing technique that teaches you how to breathe out of your nose as opposed to your mouth. There, um, it talks about mouth taping in there. There, uh, there are certain dentists, um, there's airway centric orthodontics. That's the, the name of it. Um, but there are a lot of different techniques in this book to retrain the, the shape of the mouth and, and to, to have you start breathing out of the nose as opposed to the mouth. It's a really good okay. book. I, I, put it, I put it aside and haven't finished it myself, but it has a I, lot of good information and it's a short read. It's a very short book. I just loaded it on my Kindle. Great. And Kevin, it has a ton of diagrams of people before with before and after photos. I don't know how that works on a Kindle. I, I'm sure you can you can see all that, correct? It's not just like an you audible. Can, sometimes you can't see them very well. Some Kindle models show better than others. Um the the other thing usually when there's charts and diagrams and um, PDFs and things like that, when you get the audio book, there's usually a separate download of all that stuff in PDF. Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah so that's usually the well, first thing I do when I, get I would... a, when I get an audio book. I go look to see if there's any kind of download of resources and things like that. Um, speaking of this, since we're on this topic, um, this is another project that I've kind of been working on in the background, not talking about much. And I'm getting to the point where I'll probably be talking about it more. Um, and we may even bring in a new guest. I, I'm following a dentist. She doesn't know I'm following her. I've just been reading all of her material and watching videos and eventually we'll reach out to her. Um, she's a very, very holistic. She I actually, I don't even think she has any dental training. I, I think she did. All, I think she's almost all self-taught. I got to go figure that out. I don't think she's a dentist, but I'm not sure. Um, she obviously knows an awful lot about oral care. She has all. She has a whole product line of her own. You know, one of the things that she's using, and I got it. We're we're getting ready to start testing it. Um, all this work I've been doing around infrared and and red light therapy. Mm -hmm. She has a device like a mouth guard kind of, it looks like a mouth guard and you stick it in your mouth and you turn on your, the, the button and it's loaded with both red and blue light, infrared and, and red light spectrum. And she said, it's incredible the healing you can do in your mouth with that light. You know, I, it's funny you mentioned that I've been very curious about those lights because and this is my thought process, so I'm, I'm going to be leaning on you to give us some information on this. But I just wonder, you know, because 
we want to have good bacteria, right? We, it's kind of like our microbiome. I mean, it has its own microbiome, right. kind of like our gut. So I'm wondering what these lights do Here's, for the bacteria that live in our mouth. I can answer the question for you. So here is her. <laughs> I love it. All right. Here's her entire take on oral care. All of the stuff we've been taught, all of it, across the board, completely wrong. Fluoride, oh, hell no, get rid of that stuff. Toothpaste in general, not necessary at all. No need for the human body to have toothpaste. And, and isn't that logical? Our hunter-gatherers didn't have toothpaste. It is. Come on. But aren't we so brainwashed into thinking that if you didn't use toothpaste, you're going to lose all your teeth? Yes, definitely. Here's her whole point. <laughs> It's not about how clean you keep the surface of your teeth. That has nothing to do with almost anything. And yet that's what we focus on, right? You got to get your teeth clean. You got to brush three times mm -hmm. a day. You got to floss. You got to get in between the teeth. She said, that's all bullshit. None of that stuff is true. It's all wrong. The only thing that matters in our mouth for the most part is the bacteria. That's what I thought. Okay, Get interesting. Get the bacteria right. Oh, wait till you hear this. This blew my mind. Get the bacteria right. Gum disease disappears. Cavities can repair themselves. Have you ever heard this? I believe that because that's happened to me. <laughs> so, and I'm reading more and more stories of people who have really cleaned up their diet and focus on, you know, fermented foods and probiotics. They've experienced this. Here's, here's what she says. And I've, I've done more research. It absolutely, there's science behind this. Her premise is our teeth are very, very similar to our bones, almost identical, except our teeth have a really hard enamel outer coating that our bones don't have. And that makes sense because they chew and mm. grind and it's there to protect them. But underneath that, that layer, yep. our teeth are really bones. And that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. And when we break a bone, what does it do? It heals it itself. Regenerate. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the bone is broken, it's apart, and our body starts building new bone and fuses those two pieces back together. And her premise was, why mm -hmm. don't our teeth do that then? And what she found out is they do. What's messing up the process is the pH of our mouth. The pH is so far out of whack that this whole process is disrupted and our pH is determined by bacteria. That makes a lot of sense. So she makes these really, really natural healthcare products. She makes this light. Um, she recommends really super soft toothbrush. Um, nothing stiff at all, a really soft brush. She has two tooth powders. One powder is um, based in charcoal, and you use that one in the morning, I think. I may get the times backwards. And then there's another powder you use at night. The charcoal is the idea of kind of sanitizing the mouth, 
um, attaching and, and, you know, grabbing a lot of stuff we don't want in the mouth, toxins and getting those out and kind of starting to rebalance the bacteria. And then the powder you use at night is, is heavy in minerals and it remineralizes your teeth. Uh, and then she's big on a tongue scraper because I guess a lot of the bad bacteria that we harbor tends to stay on our tongue. Huh. That's so, really interesting. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah, so I don't we're, I'm, I'm going to test powder. this stuff. I'm doing more research, but I think at some point we're probably going to get her on the show. Oh, I hope so, because I am ready to try her uh, her powder. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like I said, pretty interesting stuff she's got going on. So we'll be talking more about that. Let's get some phone calls again. Sarah, welcome. Hey, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the sleep and the amount of sleep. Um, for, remember the book, Go Wild? Yes. I love that one. Um, the, ta- the tagline is, free your body and mind from the afflictions of civilization. In right. case anybody else interested, it's by John Rakeley and Richard Manning. Uh, it talks all about, you know, what we, we focus on, how they how people lived and slept and ate and moved way back before civilization. Right. And this whole focus on you need to get eight hours of sleep to be healthy, you need to get 10 hours of sleep, you need to do this to be healthy. I really like the conversation on sleep in Go Wild they said that basically in tribes, um, people, some, there would be different, different age groups would sleep at different times. Like the, the kids and the older folks would go to bed early. The younger adolescents would stay up late. Um, some people would go to sleep, biphasic sleep, I think is what they called it. Some people would go to sleep wake up, get up and do some stuff and then go back to sleep again later. And that, they said that served a couple different purposes. Somebody in the tribe was always awake to watch out for the tribe because when we're sleeping, that's the most vulnerable point in our lives. And, but it seemed to me that the length of sleep in that kind of system was not just, oh, you have to get solid eight hours of sleep, that it was just let the body naturally rest when it needs to rest. And when you wake up, don't lay there in bed staring at the ceiling, freaking out about all the things you need to do. Go get up and do something. When you get tired again, lay back down. Yeah. Um, so that, that brought to my mind that perhaps this, oh, we've done the research, you have to get eight hours of sleep, that might be for someone eating the standard American diet. If you are eating clean and, you know, get earthing, grounding yourself, being in contact with the earth as much as we can. Um, I know we're rolling around on rubber all the time, most of the day in what we're doing. Right. But um, your body may not need that huge solid solid chunk of sleep with better nutrition and better habits. I I love that book. I love that whole thing on why we have different sleep cycles at different ages. I think they may have even talked about, 
um, you know, what an important role, why we started to, um, you know, back then it would have been, why did we ever take a wolf as a pet? You know, how did that whole thing come about? And there's lots of reasons, but, but one of them was having a, a wolf or a dog around in, in the tribe was one of the best protections at night from predators. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I thought that whole thing was just fascinating. And I agree. I, I think the problem with a lot of our research in any area, whether it's stress or sleep or nutrition, is we are doing all of these studies on people who eat the standard American diet. And when you don't, everything changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Francis. Francis M. Pottinger. Oh, okay. Yeah, now, now I guess I did know it because that sounds familiar now that I hear it. Not that that's important or anything, but... No, it's, it's good to um, know, though. All right. Great stuff, Sarah. Yeah, I think um, I, I do think that's part of the problem with a lot of our research. And, and Lauren, don't we just see that in all kinds of areas? You know, when we when we hear that, well, here's a big one that we absolutely know isn't true. Um, but it, the, anybody eating the standard American diet, the, this whole issue gets so complicated Um I have, and we've all been told, and we've all kind of believed all our life that that fiber is really important, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe on the standard American diet. I'm not sure because it doesn't always work really well there. It's not consistent, but clearly on a heavy carnivore diet, there's no requirement for any fiber at all. And my digestion works better than it ever has. Yeah. I mean, Paul Saladino breaks that down a little bit because apparently you can, you know, it still feeds the microbiome that the protein does. I don't know the, the science behind it, but he does break that down. I yeah, feel like I'm I not, came across that recently on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not really clear on the science behind it either. I, I just know that we see it <laughs> in, in the real world and I've experienced it and we got the whole fiber thing completely wrong. And it, I have a feeling, again, it's because all of our research is just totally screwed up by the diet people eat today. I know. It really is. All right. Processed foods and <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Uh-huh. Let's let's go to Utah. Calls are starting to pile up. Carl, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin and Lauren. Hello. What's on your mind today? Um, well, about a year and a half ago, I decided to get really serious about my weight loss, and I went a very strict carnivore for a while, and I lost eighty pounds. Congratulations. Then I took that. Thank you. Then I took that wagon and kicked it off in the ditch and burned it down to make s'mores. And I put 25 back on. Okay. And I've had difficulties getting real serious about it and getting back into a ketogenic state where I can burn the weight off again. But about. Well, on the 18th of January, 
I went in and had some surgery on my foot, had some broken tendons and misplaced bones and got it all straightened out and had pins out the ends of my toes for a couple of weeks. And I'm still in the recovery stage on that. I can't move around much, mm-hmm. but I decided I was going to get my diet right again. So I've been eating fermented carnivore, but I can't even get close to being in ketosis anymore again. So when I was you wondering say if you guys had some ideas. Yeah, I do. When you say you can't get into ketosis, you're measuring ketosis, right? Yes, I, I have a keto mojo. Okay. And since my surgery, the best uh, KTI I've been able to hit was 11.4, but it's been primarily floating between 16.8 and 22. Now, wait a minute. What number are you talking my, about? The, the, uh, it, it's the combination number. Blood sugar's been floating between 88 and uh, 115 on my fasting, and my ketones is 0.1 to Point four, okay. But they're they're working out, so I'm not getting into ketosis. Got it. So set the numbers aside for a second. Um, do you okay. remember back the first time you did this when you did get into ketosis? Do you remember all the physical changes? You know, the appetite kind of disappearing, the energy levels increasing, the brain fog going away. Do you remember all those things? Oh yeah, are you getting yeah, any brain of that? fog in the aches and um, some days I have a little higher energy level, and I don't know if that's just me being antsy because I'm not moving like I'm I'm used to because I I have to stay off my foot still. Got it. Okay. Or or if I'm actually getting into ketosis. But on my keto mojo, it's telling me I'm not so here, even close to getting into ketosis. Here's what I want you to do for a while. I want you to hide your keto mojo in the drawer and forget about it. <laughs> the, I, I, I've okay. said over the years, honestly, I, I never came to a very clear understanding of ketones. Now, good news coming up. We're in the background right now. We are working on a mini-series and joining us and helping us for the mini series is the team from Keto Mojo. And we're going to do a mini series about oh. ketones and ketosis and measuring and, and all those other things. We're going to do a deep dive into that uh, with the team from Keto Mojo. Um, I was never able to learn anything about ketones, any kind of clear pattern. I've said that for years. I can predict blood sugar but I can never predict ketones, not even for myself. They, they, I never found any kind of clear patterns. So I would say just put it away for now. Um, don't focus on ketones at all. Let's focus on results. Let's focus how we feel. Let's focus on the scale. Let's focus on your pant size. Um, let's focus on the things we know that we get when we are in ketosis. I will also say this, and and Lauren, um, I have a feeling you can jump in and and talk about this with a lot of people you work with. There seems to be a pattern. 
You go keto the first time or carnivore, results are incredible and they seem easy. You fall off the wagon, you go to do it again, it seems harder the second time. Lauren, do you you notice that with people you work with? I do, I do, but we also are not paying attention to the fact that you have an injury, which means you have inflammation, and inflammation is also going to raise blood sugar. Okay, I, I was wondering about that. And I it does. It, yep. I Any kind remember. of information. Good point. And, and Lauren? So if, um, if let, you truly, yeah. Let, let's, let's take that one step further. You're absolutely right. Inflammation raises blood sugar, and we even know why. <laughs> it's a stressor. It pain. Pain puts our body into the fight or flight mode and our our body starts raising blood sugar because of that. It's stressful. Exactly. So you you have to give yourself a little, you know, a little break here. If you have an injury, don't focus so much on the blood sugar right now. Focus on healing yourself. Don't go crazy and change your diet negative to a negative, you know, you know, on a negative side, but you know, you want to be eating healthy. You want to increase a good, you know, a good amount of your um, healthy omega threes to help to help get the inflammation down because that's going to support your prostaglandins. So, really good. You know, um, try the Biomega One Thousand in the store. Um, but you have to give little grace to your body and allow it to heal right now. Okay. Sounds like a plan. There you go. <laughs> and a t- couple of weeks ago, you was talking, I think it was with Dr. Baker, about uh, fermenting fruit juices. Or Davis, Dr. Davis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Davis does have some recipes where he ferments juice, yes. Yeah, I've, I uh, got some apple cider and some watermelon juice and started the that ferment in them and they are amazing good good yeah you know we we've always said yeah. stay away from juices it's just a sugar bomb but but fermentation changes that we convert a lot of the sugar to lactic yeah. acid and uh he seems to be getting results yeah i didn't i didn't care for that much for those juices before they were fermented i mean they were a nice right. treat once in a while but with them fermented, um, I think I left them out two and a half days on the counter. And I, I could sit down and drink a whole half-gallon bottle of them. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it, just, it takes that much of the sugar out and enhances the flavor. And then you've got the carbonation. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, very cool. All right. Thanks for that report on that. We got to move along. Calls are piling up here. We're going to go to Iowa. Jimmy, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. My question has to do with your eyes. Um, is is there things that, that we can do in our diet that will improve our eyesight? Uh, yeah, there and are. Like and catar- like, like even prevent from getting a cataract is an example. Yes. If we want to prevent cataracts, that's easy. Good nutrition alone. That's all it's going to take. Good nutrition alone, you're never going to deal with cataracts. 
We have also had people, though, tell okay. us that nutrition has helped their eyesight itself improve. And after I finish my... So right now in the works, we've got the stress protocol, which is the closest one to being finished. I, I just kind of have to determine how I want to release it. That's kind of our big question. Then we have to do all the work. Then we got to get it out. I said after the stress protocol, I was going, going to work on a sleep protocol. Um, that one has disappeared completely. I don't even know what to do. I, 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 I think we don't know enough about sleep. We've just been talking about that. I'm not even going to attempt a sleep protocol. What I'm finding is you, if you do the stress protocol, your sleep improves so much we can ignore sleep. And, and I don't think we understand it anyway. So I'm just going to skip that whole project that I had. Um, I, instead, I started this project on dental health. And, and I want to get through this because I think there's a, a lot we can do here. After that, um, yeah. I'm going to go work more on breath work. Because I now, you know, Lauren's talked about another book, another, there's, there's other techniques. I want to go really learn the breathwork part. After that, um, then I will probably <laughs> move on to a research project and a protocol for eyesight. And there are physical Good. exercises we can do that improve our eyes. Mm -hmm. Well, have, let me ask you this: Have you heard, and and I, I don't know where I heard it, and I sure hadn't done it, um, but it has to do with the not obviously looking directly into the sun, but that that looking at the sun, but you know not directly. I don't know how you do it not directly, but that it itself will will help heal your eyes. Well, let's think about something. I mean, have again. you ever heard of that? that yeah, and it doesn't surprise me. It, let's just get our entire premise. And, you know, we had Nora on who wrote the book, Primal Body, Primal Mind and, and Primal Eyes and Primal Teeth. And I, th th this stuff all comes back to how did we live as hunter gatherers? And think about the life of a hunter gatherer compared to the life of a human being today. How often as a hunter gatherer were your eyeballs exposed to sunlight? All the time. Oh, all, day. all day. All the time. Yeah. And how often and what do we do? Because we spend so much time indoors now. And when we're in our car, all of our auto glass filters um, the, the sun's rays, not in a good way. And then because our eyes right. start to become sensitive to it, we start wearing sunglasses, which is a bad idea. We're, we're blocking the light that wow. is supposed to get to our eyes and keep our eyes healthy. And we're not out in it very often. So how do we make up for that? One of the things I'm one, we just have to make it a point to get outside and look around at the sun more often. And the the one of the ways to get that good direct sunlight is right at dawn. Just as the, the sun is breaking the horizon, you can stare right at it. it it's fairly softer light and you got a couple minutes there and you should when it, it, you should make this a habit every day. You should be up before the sun and you should go out and watch it come up. And then at the end of the day, go out and watch it go down. And again, that's a time where you can stare right at it. And those two things reset our, our sleep cycle. And 
I have a feeling that when we are out living outside a lot and you are constantly moving from sunlight to shade to sunlight to shade all day long, over and over and over, when when the amount of light changes, what does your eye have to do? It adjusts. Correct. And it uses muscles to do that. And I have a feeling that our eyes today are like the rest of our body. They're weak. Those muscles get weak and that's why we can't focus anymore. And then we need glasses. Mm. So I have a feeling that when we live that primal lifestyle, maybe we never really had vision problems. Well, that, you know, that's interesting. I'll tell you something that as you said that, uh, there was a time when I first started driving, this is about 20 years ago, uh, and I wore glasses, but I didn't much wear them while I'm working. I mean, I, I can, but I mean, they help, but I, I can still see okay, and they're a nuisance to me. But, but regardless, the first time I went to get my eyes checked after I had been driving for two years, do you know? My eyesight, because I hadn't been, I went outside all the time. My eyesight improved, and I've always wondered about that. Yeah, I, I believe that we can reverse a lot of our eye problems, and, and I know there's material out there. I've kind of just scrolled it a little bit and glanced at some of it, but yeah, uh, it's, it's on my list as my next project to find an expert in this and do a deep dive and figure this stuff out. <laughs> Well, I'll sure be interested in that. Well, hey, thank Jimmy, y'all for your input. Oh, go ahead. Jimmy, we'll real quick, before you yes, before ma'am. you hang up, there there are a few things that I initially think when I think about eye health, and that's yes, vitamin A and zinc. Those are very important for good for maintaining eye health. And okay. one of the the superfoods we talk a lot about here, in that contain both high amounts of vitamin A and zinc, are organ meats. So make sure you're getting you're getting organ meats in the diet, and if you're not, then you can supplement with them. And we also carry a it's called Optic Plus by Biotics Research. It's in the store, and it helps support healthy ocular function. So you can check that out as well. All right, let me ask you this question: uh, since you mentioned those different things, you know, I'm gonna I don't know what, if y'all call it the health protocol or whatever. You know, where you call in and Y'all kind of do an evaluation on the person, that type of, what is that called? A I'm interested in, okay. All right. And do I just call the, the main line? And, the, you can go to letstruck.com mm-hmm. and there is a little drop down that says work with us and you'll see right. NutriQ, discovery call, one-on-one, all of that there. You want to take the NutriQ before you 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 know you, you do the discovery call because it's the prerequisite. And if you ha- if you have okay. any questions or need help, then yes, you can call that main number that you're just referencing. All right, and do the you say do the NutriQ before I do the d- discovery call? Yes, because I'll need to okay. see your NutriQ results to okay. prepare for right. your discovery call. And there's also okay. another uh-huh. there's also another form that you'll fill out for it. So. It'll, sure. it'll prompt you to all that information, but if you have any trouble, like I said, just go ahead and call that number that you were that you were referencing. Yeah, okay. All right, well, look, because I've got to do that. I really do. I'm, 
I'm 60, fixed to be six. Well, I'm 68, and uh, but I, I can tell things. And I, I, I was on the keto, and I got off, and everything like the other guy. I hate to admit it, but I mean, my knees, nothing hurt. And now, boy, I got off, and my knees. It's like if I kneel down to get back up, it's difficult. Isn't that crazy? And so, um, yeah, it is. But it, it but it, it, it is. And, um, so, but I'm going to do that. I'm, I am a hundred percent going to do that because I want to get back right. Because I, you know, I'm my mama's ninety ninety six. Wow, <laughs> and she's still moving. Matter of fact, I showed someone mm-hmm. a video over the other day, and they said, "Golly, look how your mother walks. She's ninety six. I mean, she's moving. That's <laughs> awesome. Said, well, you know, I'd yeah. love seeing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I All know. Right, we, yeah. Get get, get back y'all. on the horse. We all fall off. It does for some reason. It's like the world punishes us for for falling off. They make it harder to get back on. First, we just we've noticed that as a pattern. Push through it. it seems like once you kind of get through that initial resistance, it it goes back to the way it was before, doesn't it, Lauren? Yes, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's go to Texas this time. Dwight, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, Lauren. Um, I'm glad to hear that y'all are talking about the uh, oral health. Um, I learned here about a month ago, I surfing the YouTube, Dr. Rax came up. What caught my attention, it said, he said you could heal cavities the smaller ones and it's with the oil pulling where you take he prefers Mm -hmm. coconut oil yep and and possibly um um uh, avocado and that but he prefers coconut and he said it will stop the cavities uh help the oil health the bacteria and I've been meaning to call you, and so today was a perfect day. Got it. I actually talked about this a couple years ago. I haven't talked about it in a while, though. Lauren, are you familiar with oil pulling? Yes, I'm very familiar with it, actually. Okay. I, I, I do practice that myself. I don't do it every day, but I did it yesterday, actually. Good. Uh, traditionally, well, the oil... I, I, I have... This is a... Uh, well, I was just going to say, I, I've done it some... Yeah. Go ahead. This is a, an Ayurvedic practice. Ayurvedic is the kind of Indian form of traditional medicine, kind of like chi- traditional Chinese medicine. Um, Ayurvedic medicine is big on adaptogens. We talk a lot about adaptogens. That's an Ayurvedic practice. Oil pulling is primarily from Ayurvedic practice and the traditional oil with sesame oil and not not the heavily refined sesame oil, but the sesame oil that's got that's dark and has that really strong smell and taste. That's the traditional oil used. Coconut oil we've kind of used because it's um, so antibacterial, antimicrobial, antifungal. It tends to target the bad bacteria and support the good bacteria. So that's kind of why right. we're tending to use more coconut oil now. 
One of the problems I've found, Lauren, maybe you've, uh, and this will be part of my oral health. I'll talk to the this dentist about if she is even a dentist. I'm not sure if she is. Um, so that's all on my list to reach out. But from what I understand, that to get the full benefits of oil pulling, I've seen 20 minutes. That's a long time to do this. That's a right, right. <laughs> well, he said it. Whatever he said it, you know, at least at least two or three. Now, what? Now, what I've been doing, and and I, I tell you what, it, I like the feel. As crazy as it is, I feel like my teeth are stronger. It's like okay, you got the armor. So yeah. what I will do is I'll. He suggested, um, and then I, you know, like y'all, I, I think Doctor Axe is fairly fairly good to he listen is. to. Yeah. So, I, I take the. I've been using my MCT now. I've I've got to go to cheaper oil. I use my MCT uh, and brain octane. I got to get off that. But uh, uh, coconut oil work. So I do that. I get in the shower. So ten minutes will go by pretty fast when you're in the shower. Now, if you're standing at the sink, that's like a two-hour ordeal. You think you've gone two hours. So uh, I get. I get in the shower and 10 minutes goes by and I've timed myself. And so he says, does it do it? Do it, uh, pretty regular for a week or two and then get off to once or twice a week. So, okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that y'all are, are liking this and, and Kevin, I'm so glad you're talking about the, um, the oil health and the dental because, um, since I have been in, I had used to have good teeth. The de, the dentist would brag, and I hate to say it. Since I've been driving a truck, uh, they have just gone downhill. It's for you some know, reason it's, it's just been it, a. Uh, it, it's not surprising. Bad. It's a it's a clear indication of our nutritional health. I mean, it's an obvious. You know, it it shows if our nutrition is poor, we will see it in our dental health. And when our nutrition is poor, our, our microbiome is a mess. Um, you know, I, I can remember way back when, when I first started studying all this, Dr. Mercola talked a lot about how he had fought with horrendous plaque his whole life. Like every time he went to the dentist, he would spend hours that, you know, them scraping plaque off of his teeth. And he said, once he started eating fermented foods, that all went away. Yeah, and and I do love the fermented. Yep, so um, I do like that. I, I've got one quick question. Sure. Uh, just real quick. I mean, we can go and finish on the dental because that's more. But um, later on, I do have questions on my uh, my watch and my body battery. Now, after I get much more data, I'm I'm touching on five weeks now. I want to get better data. Um, so I've heard you talk to people. Uh, is there a way to send you my info on what my what my you know what my watches gathered? Yeah, yeah. It, you know, is, one is, of the ways you can do it without you know, there's a couple ways you could do a discovery call with Lauren, and and Lauren will go over all data, anything you well, want. Yeah. Um, okay. Or, if you're okay. on HealthyTribe.com, well, post it there, and, and I'll go over it there, and everybody benefits from it. Okay. Because I'm, I'm just, I'm, uh, I want to get more data, but I'm, 
I've got horrible sleep, lots of stress, just off the walls, you know, body battery the other day, you know, so, five down to 5%. So here's, you know, a, for the day, here's a new approach. I'm going to take on stress. You're, you're the first person I'm going to recommend this to. Um, and this is all part of, you know, working on the stress protocol, being so focused on it for two years, trying it over and over myself. Uh, what works, what doesn't work, what works better. Um, Here's one of the things, if you're out there and you're stressed, and we know we are, almost all of us are, and you've been following me on the stress protocol, you hear all the things I've developed, they all work, I've got some supplements we're going to be bringing out there. There's, the good news is there's a lot we can do. If you do all of it, I promise you your stress problems go away. There's nothing magical about this. I can absolutely get you to the point where stress is not a problem in your life anymore if you will do the things you have to do. And that's the challenge. These, these are things you actually have to go out of your way and do them, and they're uncomfortable. Rather than wait for me to come out with this big protocol with all the steps and everything in it, pick any one thing I've talked about and start doing it. Start drinking the Rishi adaptogens every day. And if you do nothing else, if that's the only thing you do, you're still going to see some improvements. Breathe. Do the Wim Hof breathing. Okay. Don't do all four. If, if you haven't started doing all four, even though you've heard me say it and it works, it's because you're putting it off. You're procrastinating. So break it down into smaller steps. Pick one and just start doing one today. Yeah. And, and give it two, three weeks. Well, give it a month of just doing that one thing every day. And then let's add another one. Right. Well, I, I am doing a lot of adaptogens. I'm not doing strictly the Rishi by itself, but I'm doing it with some combos. Okay. So right. I am, and and I'm, and I've noticed, I've noticed. I just told another driver today. I said, even with all this stress and everything, I am driving harder and longer, easier. On the same route, I'm on a dedicated run, so same thing every week, day in, day out, and I now can drive 1,100 miles, not in one day, obviously, but I can do that without having to take three naps. Excellent. I can just go. Good. So I'm seeing good, good. results with the adaptogens. They're, they're, they're powerful. Now, uh, but, but I I, I will say they are yeah. as a group of supplements, they are one of the more powerful that even work when our diet isn't perfect. So it, it is one of those. Yep. Supp and, and now my approach, I, I'm kind of changing my approach on that. My approach is just just consume them all at some point, you know, focus on the Rishi of stress is yep. your problem. But, you know, use the lion's mane, use the cordyceps, mix them up. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, I do lots. I, yeah. I start with coffee. I go with the creamer. Uh, I go with the elixirs. I, I mean, I go with all of it. And, and I'm getting getting more and more as you get stuff in. And, then, you know, if you don't have it, I go to the health food store and grab it. But Excellent. Um, I got one quick question uh, on the... Because with all this stress, my average resting heart rate is still 59. So I'm kind of, is there a, at what point do you get a problem? I, I can be driving down the road 
and be in the mid-60s. So I'm not showing stress there. But, you know, my body battery right now is 14, and, uh, you know, my, my HRV, but that's oh, what's hey. weird. The HRV hey. says I'm balanced at 24. Well, hold on a second, because heart rate doesn't have much to do with stress. We think that it does, and sometimes okay. when we're stressed, our heart rate goes up. But I, I have subjected my body to all kinds of crazy stress over the last two years, I have a abnormally low heart rate, and, and I don't know why. I mean, most of the time, in order to get your heart rate under 50, your resting heart rate into the 40s, especially at my age, um, that's usually elite athlete status. That's usually the guys that are running marathons and ultra marathons and triathletes and um, bicycle racers. And that that's not me. I tell people all the time, I, I don't do all that much physical activity. Gardening is about the most. My 10 minute, you know, resistance training is only 10 minutes a day. I shouldn't have that low of a heart rate, but for some reason I do. And I can be horribly stressed. I can, my sleep can be completely disrupted and my heart rate always stays low. Yeah. Well, my friends say I'm a freak of nature because I'm 65. I have no medications. I've never had medications. I don't take nothing. I barely take an aspirin. Hadn't been to a doctor in 25 years. Uh, they, I fill out something. They say, who's your, who's your uh, regular doctor? I said, I don't have a regular doctor. I, I don't go. Right. And, but, uh, you know, and I weigh the same thing. Like I say, I'm 65, and I weigh the same exact weight as I did when I graduated hey, high Dwight, school. So, Dwight, Dwight, the ironic thing here, you're the normal human being. They're the freaks of nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to start telling them. Exactly. No, you're a freak. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're the, you're the normal human being. That's the way we're supposed to all be. Let's go to Mississippi. Yeah, you should Paul, be proud of that. Program. What's that, Lauren? You should be proud of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Paul, what's up? Yeah. Howdy. Paul, wife, she's a normal as well. She's hey, you got to come closer to your phone. I can barely hear you. Uh, is that any better? No. Is that any better? Can you no. hear me now? Oh, hang on. Let's see. Do we have a problem here? Uh, is that any better? It's a little better. Just make sure you talk nice and loud. Okay. Um, I'm terrible about brushing my teeth. Always have been. Probably always will be. Will that oil flushing or whatever, is that any good for gingivitis? It's fantastic for gingivitis. That. It's about the best thing you could possibly do for gingivitis. So... The, the interesting thing, and, and here we go again, you know, I just got blasted for a week because people said I'm a filthy animal because I don't want to over sanitize everything. And now I'm going to tell people you don't have to brush your teeth. Um, you really don't. There's no real purpose behind brushing our teeth other than the fact that we like to have them a little bit cleaner and it feels good. Uh, it has almost nothing to do with your oral health. 
if we if we keep our mouth properly clean, which has nothing to do with using toothpaste and brushing our teeth, if we keep it clean through the right food we eat and we get the proper bacteria, we will not have cavities or gum disease. And it really doesn't. It's not about brushing your teeth. You can have totally perfect oral health without brushing your teeth. Now, brushing with with some of these new minerals and the car or the charcoal and those kind of things can be beneficial but it it really yeah. it, it you know basically a lot of people will just take their toothbrush into the shower and do a couple passes with some warm water and that's that's fine that's enough yeah. okay so and then just one one other thing uh yesterday in New Zealand which it's the same as today over here. My great niece turned one year old, and my uncle turned one hundred. Wow! How cool! <laughs> yeah. So, a couple of years ago, he wasn't doing too good. But what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Yeah. My sister told me she said, oh, "He's he's." fighting fit and uh, he's a bit of a cradle snatcher his wife <laughs> it's his second wife She, his wife is only 75 he's 100 <laughs> she's just a baby amazing. God, he's robbing the cradle yeah, <laughs> yeah so, but they've been married for I don't know 40 years or something so, wow yeah, how I cool alright hey, hey Paul you're, you're Fading okay, on us. On. I'm going to cut you loose. We're going to grab another call here. We're starting to run out of time today. Uh, in fact, I think I'm going to turn off the phones um, so we can wrap this up today. And we're going to talk to Fred in Texas. Fred, you get the final word today. What's on your mind? Hey, Lauren. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Hello. Good. Uh, well, I, I didn't hear the show. I was busy with uh, trying to get stuff done today working um but about the oral health now i remember you saying about the uh the pulling with the oil a few years back and i've tried that i've tried that see i believe it or not when i was in the navy because i grew up around the trucking industry and working my ass off i wanted an easy job so i became a dental hygienist actually really that was actually that's actually what i did wow and i was actually because it was the 80s I was actually designated to work on all the HIV patients because that was kind of new. Oh, so wow. I was sent down. I was sent uh-huh. down to UCLA Medical Center and get training and proper proper way of handling that and stuff like that. And also learned about what they knew back in '86 about the AIDS virus and stuff like that. So you know, realized that it was very, it was a very, um, it was very fragile disease uh bacteria or virus because it died as soon as it hit the air and stuff like that they were finding out it traveled with the hepatitis uh c uh uh variant of hepatitis and stuff so it was pretty interesting but i also learned that through proper dental health it helps you with your overall immune system because when you have inflamed gums your white blood cells are at always attacking that infection and it lowers your overall right. immune system. Yeah. Good point. It's so, really, uh, so it, it's I, also tied in very close to cardiovascular health. 
Yes, that, that's another thing I actually learned through the, the few years I was in the Navy and learning about this. But I was always a stickler on flossing after that. And so I've always, um, I, I brush floss and then brush again. It's just craziness what I do at night. Um, but I've always had pretty good health for that. And then getting on board with, with the eating like I have, it's even made me even that much stronger overall. So, I mean, I know, you know, I, I was never a, a guy who cared about, you know, you know, you flush around with mouthwash and you go out for the night and that was, but once I got, once I learned about dental health uh, and the intricate uh, of it, because I, I was hey, in that field. Hey, Fred, with pretty, everything yeah. you learned and you know about that, isn't it, doesn't it just fit the same pattern we've been down the road with health as crazy as it sounds, everything they've told us to do for oral health is wrong. Well, I mean, I I, I want to listen to the show to hear everything because I don't want, well, yeah, I don't want to relive the show because everyone just heard You're, it. Go ahead. We actually had Nora Gedgaudis on today, so we only touched on this topic and we were talking about it because... Okay. In that we didn't really talk about it a lot today. You're not going to learn much more about it if you go back oh, and listen okay. to this okay. show. I've, for the last, uh, actually, Lisa found this person and, and got me involved. And I, again, I'm not even sure if she's a dentist. I think she was like a nutritionist or something that just got involved in oral health. So I've been researching and reading her stuff. I haven't even reached out to her yet, but, I, but I'm going to. And she's the one that is saying, look, the toothpaste we use is horrible. The toothbrushes, the fact that we... You know, they tell us to brush our teeth over and over and then use these, um, you know, toxic mouthwashes that are killing all the bacteria. Um, we treat our mouth like we treat everything else. We over sanitize it and it's creating the problems. Well, yeah, no, I agree. I do agree with that. I don't use any mouthwash or anything like that. I, you know, and I don't brush for hours either. I mean, there is a there is a way to brush minimally not to damage your your gums and everything and that really is to angle the toothbrush at a 45 degree angle where your teeth and your gums come together and then go into a light soft soft toothbrush or extra soft toothbrush uh and just light light circles and that will clean out everything uh you know pretty pretty well and yeah, the reason people's the reason you know, people's I, I gums bleed is because they're infected. Like a lot of things, you know, we talk about nurses and nutritionists who struggle with a lot of this. I think in some ways your training gives you a good background in what's going on, but I think it handicaps you some. It might. It might. I mean, I, I do want to learn more about this because it's always good to learn, you know, so. Hey, um, hey, hey Fred. Um, I'm not ready to yes, release the name of the person I'm following yet because when I do, people call them and order stuff and then they're confused and I, I'm not ready. I don't want to make that. And then they'll call me and say, what the hell did you do? Who are you and who are all these people? And I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> so I, I it happens all the time. So it's why I might start talking about something and not release the details. I've already gotten like six messages on social media. Who makes this light therapy? Did you hear me talk about the red and blue light for your mouth? 
No, no, I haven't. I, like I said, I didn't get a chance to listen to the show at all. I yeah, just she actually tuned in and um, heard you and Lauren talking about it. She actually makes a product. I've got it. We're testing it right now. It looks like a mouth guard, like a football mouth guard. You stick it in your mouth and you turn on your light and it's loaded with the uh, IR light, infrared and blue light. And it's, it's healing to the gums and it, you know, balances out our, our mouth bacteria so we're we're trying all this stuff. At some point, I will reach out to her. Um, you do good research. You report back to me on a lot of things. You get a lot of this. If you send me a private message, I'll send you the link. And I, I'd like you to go research some of this as well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'd love to do that because I... Right now, with, with this whole operation I'm doing, I have a lot of free time. Uh, hopefully, that'll change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, you got to crawl before you can walk in business, and uh, things are moving along pretty good at a nice pace. So, um, yeah, I definitely will. I'll do that this afternoon. And, uh, Perfect. Yeah, you know, I'll definitely look into that stuff. And, and if I can, you know, as long as, uh, you know, I'll, 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 maybe I'll get that, that light, too, and see, see how that works out, too. Excellent. You know, all right. I like testing that stuff. I, you know, all right. Y'all have a great day. Hey, Lauren, did you get your light? Yeah. Yet? I did get my light. Thank you for asking. And it awesome. is fantastic. Awesome. I think the Good dog, the dog really loves it. <laughs> <laughs> you should see my wife in the morning when I'm home and she's leaving for work. And I says, come sit on my lap and get some good, good light. And she says, get out of here. She says, that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we know what's going on there, Fred. Uh, sit, sit on my lap and get some good. I know. It, that's all yeah, those, well, it, yeah, it's all exactly. That, it's all that testosterone you've got these days. I got to raise my heart rate somehow, you know, Kevin? That's right. That's right. Hey, we're going to cut you loose. Lauren, are we talking about the sauna space light? Yes, the sauna space light. I have that little individual one. I think the one that you have, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I I love that thing. That's my happy light now. It's so it really feels amazing. Like it feels like I'm outside, you know, basking in the sun. And it's funny. I I had it set up um, in front of the couch, and I got it for a second. And when I got back to the light, the dog was laying there, just like completely basking in, in, in the, the light of it. And I can tell like, they're so intuitive. He knows this has to be good for me. He was just like completely laid out. Oh, I could see that. <laughs> That's great. hilarious. You know, I, I want to let people know um, sauna space. This is a company. We did release the name. Um, we don't have a partnership with them yet. Nothing formal. I have talked to the CEO twice we are working on some projects together, but we don't have like affiliate links. We don't have it in our store yet. We're not sure where we're going to go. But if you decide like like Fred did that you're going to go try this light and it, just let him know that, that we sent you. It's not a big deal, but uh, it, it just kind of strengthens that whole, you know, tribe thing we're working on. And, and um, so... Not a big deal. We don't make any money off of it at all right now. At some point, I want to. Uh, but just let them know that, you know, you heard it on on our show and we were talking about it. But uh, I, I, you know, the idea of coming up with an easy way to be able to use that light in the truck while you're driving, I'm kind of excited about. Oh, that would be great. It's a wonderful, it just feels so good. It, it does. <laughs> it, it feels it, right. It feels, you know, like, 
like spring when you're so tired of winter and it's been cold and gloomy and you have one of those days where it's still kind of cold, but the sun is out and it gets really intense around noon. That that feeling when you yes. walk out and your body just starts to soak up that heat from like the inside out. That That's what this light feels like. It really does. That's a good, that was a very good, you know, description of kind of how it makes you feel. Cause it, it is, it's like when it's cold outside, but you get in the sun and you just, you're, you just kind of melt into that warmth. And, and it's like, it kind of just, it feels like it's getting down into your bones. Right. It just feels healing. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it does. So um, we'll keep working on that one as well. We've, we've, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, we are definitely in the process of getting ready. We're less than, we're just a couple weeks away from the uh, convention we're going to down in Anaheim. Um, the, uh, I forget the exact name of it. It's the Natural Food Show, Expo West. Um, I, you know, in the trucking industry, a lot of the people listening to me are familiar with the Louisville Truck Show. Huge, huge trade show. Takes you days to walk through the show floor. It's so big. There's so many vendors. Looking at it, at this mm. show, I would have to guess it's about four times bigger than Louisville. Wow. I had the, the vendor list is incredible, but this is kind of like the, the natural food show is what this is all about. That sounds really cool. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So we're heading down for that. Uh, and then I think we're, we're, we will have shows all that week. The, the, the convention itself is almost a week long. Uh, it's four days. So, and it's all four weekdays, but I will be pre-recording some shows. Uh, a couple of the shows I think are scheduled as actually going to allow me to do live while I'm there. Then when we leave that show, um, we're probably going to take another week or two. Um, we're not taking the coach because it's not done yet. We are going to take the Sprinter van, but I think we're going to go find find a cool house, maybe up in the mountains somewhere at the beach. I haven't figured out where I want to go yet. Maybe Napa Valley. I don't know. And I think we're going to take a week, go hang out at a house somewhere, and I'll just be doing the whole show live that week. So we really, I don't think we're going to miss any shows at all, but uh, the schedule is going to be a little weird for about two or three weeks or so. Got it. So let me, uh, let me check. Oh, you know what? I had a um, couple things we want to update everybody on, so I better do that before we quit. This is a big one. We were going to have Dr. Wolfson on today to talk about this, uh, but he got busy and he had to cancel. Oh, yeah. the, um, the Path to the 100-Year Heart Online Summit. Did you see how they did this? I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to join. I think it starts tomorrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this is so cool. You get like 30 or 40 really, some of them are really big names. Obviously, Dr. Wolfson, there's a couple other really big names yeah. in there. Um, great yeah. speakers, great material. If, if it's a seven-day online summit, I forget 
exactly how many speakers there are each day, a lot. Um, six or seven different speakers each day, I think. Five something, there's a lot. Um, it's free. Wait, did you get an outline of how it's laid out? Because I signed up for it and I don't, you know what? I may have gotten an email. Yeah, and I haven't it, it's it all yet. in there somewhere. I, I will say that okay. this is a third-party company that runs these health summits. There are other companies out there. We're actually looking for one because we may do a summit ourselves. You know, we would be the organizer and we would bring in other speakers like Dr. Wilson and Nora and all the people we've had on our show. We would do a, a summit together. And it typically these summits, even though you have lots of practitioners, they usually have one focus. So this one is the path to the hundred year heart. How, how do you live to create a heart that will last you for a hundred years, which is pretty cool. Um, if we do one of these, it's going to be stress. Yeah, we're going to go get other practitioners. Like today we talked with Nora. She has a whole different take on stress. And, you know, we, we may put together one of these summits. So there's a lot of stuff that has to happen in the background. So nobody does these on their own. They, they go to them, contract with these companies that do it. Um, we honestly, we haven't been all that impressed with this one. It, it's been a little clunky. They've, um, it hasn't been as easy and as smooth as we'd hoped. They've changed links on us a couple of times and, so we're, we're probably not going to use this one. We're going to look around some. Um, but, but what I love about this idea is that you get access to all of the information free. doesn't cost a penny if you want to sit and watch it while it's live. While they, you know, they'll, they'll seven days, there's a schedule. If you can be there and watch it live, it's free. Uh, I think it's like 70 or 80 bucks if you want to buy all the recordings so that, you know, when it's all over, you have access to it to watch it. Or you don't even have to go watch it live the first time at all. You can just pay the money, you know, sign up for the free version. Then if you decide you upgrade to the, the package, then you have access to it all the time. So I love this because there are people out there that they're not in a place to spend any money on this stuff right now. And and if that's the case, then, mm -hmm. you know, all they have to do is figure out their schedule um, you know what, if, if, if you can't make the schedule work, I'm going to give you a little hack here, figure out a way to screen record the stuff. You know, I, I know that's not technically correct, but I want people to get healthy. So we want to give them a free option. So everybody can access this information. Money is not an excuse. Um, I think a lot of our people will probably go ahead and upgrade and get the material so they have it. But I, I, I just love this whole, the, the way these things have been put together that allow us to put that much information out and, and give people a free option. Yeah, I agree. So the easiest way to get signed up for this, it is really, really easy. Go to letstruck.com. You'll see the button, click on it, sign up. You're registered. You'll be able to access it all free. You want to upgrade and do the recordings. I would recommend that. It's a ton of good material. Uh, what else do we have going on? Oh, February is Heart Health Month. I guess that makes sense, right? Because February is Valentine's Day, and Valentine's Day is yeah. all about the heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never sense. thought about that, but that's cute. Yeah. Yeah, so sense. we have yeah. a, a killer cardio miracle sale going on. Have you seen this one? 
I have. You buy the tubs, which, you know, a lot of our drivers buy the tubs, and I recommend it. It's cheaper. Um, but I do love mm-hmm. the sticks. When I travel, I take the sticks with me. I don't drag tubs around. The sticks are single serving. You tear yeah. them open, dump them in some water, and you're good to go. So we've got a, but they're a little more expensive because of the packaging. So this is, you get the best of both worlds. Stock up on the tubs. I think you have to buy 360s or 290s. And then you get a box of the, uh, a box of 15 uh, individual serving sticks for nothing. Can't beat that deal. Nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. So that's everything I had. You've got something going on today, right? Yes, today we have After Hours Q&A on Facebook Live. That's going to be about bone health today. So if you are curious about what goes into bone health and why you or someone that you know may be struggling with bone density issues or osteoporosis or things of that nature, you will want to tune in. And that's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Fantastic. All right. I think that's going to do it. Anything else you've got on your mind? No, I'm excited about the summit. I will be tuning in tomorrow for sure. Looking forward to that. All right. I'm sure we'll be talking about it. So head on over to letstruck.com. Get signed up. Look, even if you don't have a lot of time, you can't get to all of this, you're not going to spend the 70 or 80 bucks to get the material. Go sign up anyway. It helps our tribe. And then if you get a chance and you can watch an hour of this, you're going to learn something and it didn't cost you anything. Get signed up. Don't miss the opportunity today to get signed up. And then you got seven days to see, you know, if any of the information is good and you want more. But uh, get signed up. It helps strengthen strengthen our partnerships. Go to Let'sTruck.com. And uh, while you're there, order your Cardio Miracle too. You can knock this all out at one time. We, uh, we will... Lauren, we'll see you here in a little bit uh, for a live Q&A. Jump in for that. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for a free-for-all. No guests. And John and Henry are confirmed for tomorrow. Joel is uh, Joel's busy working on his iTorque uh, program with Volvo, so he won't be able to join us tomorrow. So we'll have John, though. We haven't had John in a couple weeks. We'll see you then. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.